I guess I'll cut that up that part out for the podcast. Are you recording now? Oh yeah. You're recording like about like when we're gonna record this PLL podcast. You yeah, that's man. Content? That's fucking fascinating content. That's some scintillating shit right there. This is a peek behind the kimono. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is the we let the listeners come in as we were pooping. We didn't realize we left the door open, and we're like, no, too soon. Uh, it's gonna be a fun episode. Oh yeah, I'm full of piss and vinegar right now. Mm. That's okay. I just went to the gym. Blew some steam off. Cool. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. Are you bringing the energy? Because you I'm, need it. I'm bringing the kind of energy where you like you wake up every hour because you have to blow your nose because you can't breathe. Excellent. Oh, I I want so much snot in this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want you just to like like stop and just blow your nose like awkwardly. Yeah. No, that's not good pod. Oh. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> This the, is yeah. From the two podcasters who left in a ten minute bathroom break. <laughs> Look, it's one fucking time. Very, very intoxicated. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that some people I, thought it was intentional. They're just like brilliant. <laughs> this homage to a league of their own is just uh, chef's kiss. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James Taylor. And I'm Marco Sparks. Are you? I don't know. Mm. Maybe maybe someday you'll be somebody else. We'll see. We'll cross our fingers on that. Uh, we're back. It's a big 5-0 of our, uh, our reboot. Is it? Yeah, oh, 50th shit. episode. Yeah, that's why it had to be. Okay, cool. Ooh, someone just got a Twitter update. So, obviously we're back to talk about some kind of thunderous uh, landmarks in the pop culture scene in this past weekend mm-hmm, mm-hmm. avengers mm-hmm. endgame and game of thrones which one should we do first i feel like we should probably do game I, of thrones i mean they're both like equally spoilery right like i don't know which one would be oh yeah more seen... i don't know yeah, which one's like more likely to like people care about the spoilers i don't know i it seems like it's pretty even there you're fuck like Gendry if you haven't seen this episodes yet. All right. Well, uh, why don't we um why don't we do our our media diet, pivot into Game of Thrones and then get to Avengers Endgame. Excellent. I mean, I think our Game of Thrones talk will probably be a little bit shorter. I don't really have yeah, notes for it. I just have, you know, thoughts. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I right. don't have a whole lot of either for anything, so let's do it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we all remember it happened in Endgame. It was only three hours long. It's like you know. No, this is this is why I said I think we should wait a long time to do this. Like <laughs> so I saw I, can... I saw it twice. I can probably like go scene by scene for you if you need to. But I really would I mean like it's really I, I think Endgame you just you talk about the characters and that'll get you there. Yeah, I just I want to get there. Okay. Oh I'll try to get you there. <laughs> so we all forgo our what are you watching to ask you what are you listening to, Marco? Um, my answer is real weird. I, for some reason, fell down a rabbit hole. Like I heard a song of it, and I just started listening to random old Snow Patrol <laughs> songs mm. the other <laughs> earlier this evening. I don't know why. Remember that band? Does anyone remember that ridiculous band? Yeah. That that just reminds me of the the favorite game I invented, where uh, you take song lyrics and every time the lyric is eyes you replace it with thighs 
with your thighs open. All that I am, all that I ever was, is here in your perfect thighs. They're all I can see. And it works. Somebody in the audience just finished when they weren't expecting to Mm. because of that. Good for you. Okay, cool. What about you? What are you listening to? I have been listening to a shit ton of Jenny Lewis's new album, Online. Great album. Very satisfying album. I mean, it's a, it's like an end of relationship album. All is into those. And that's satisfying to you currently? I mean, not not any particular reason. I just always like those, you know. Okay. I, okay. I like end of relationship albums and I like like the post-breakup album. End of relationship and post breakup. Okay, so well, this one feels though. more like a journey to the end of the relationship, whereas like uh, Kintsugi by uh, Def Cab felt more like a like a breakup album, like the breakup has happened. You know, no, no happy days in your your oeuvre. Huh? I, told you, no. I, I listen to sad bastard music, man. You sure do. You sure do. I did put on some. I did spin some uh, postal service earlier. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was fun <laughs> on your vinyl. Yeah, on my vinyl. Do you have vinyl postal service? I actually don't. I um, I don't really buy a lot of records. I, I mean, I only have what like fifteen. So I, whenever I do now, it's like something that I thought I might want to enjoy the ritual of the record. Which whatever, I'm making a hand jacking off motion myself. The last one I bought was uh, Once More a Feeling. So I'm really looking forward to my um, way for that to come in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, what about your podcast? What about your car accident? The road wants to kill you. I know it wasn't a car accident. It was a, a near miss. Oh, darn. Okay. Yeah. No, it's no fucking tire. Just, I don't know. I, I didn't see anything, but like uh-huh. the side of my tire just like exploded seemingly. So I don't know what happened there. Cool. Did you have that thing where you're like, oh shit, like gripping the wheel? I, mean, I think I, I handled it pretty well. I, I did the thing where I like just called roadside service. And then like after 10 minutes, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not waiting fucking 70 minutes for this guy to show up. Like the tire place closes in like an hour and a half. And it's like, no, I'm like, I, I just got to do this. So I just went and changed my own tire. And I was like, yeah, I just drove to the uh, service thing. Wow. Okay, cool. Very I mean, you really feel like a man after you change a tire on the side of the freeway where, you know, you could die at any moment because people driving by like 80 miles an hour. Tell us more, but in very descriptive, slow detail. It's a whole lot of like, because it was on the driver's side and I'm in the median. And so it's a whole huh. lot of like, I'm ducking down. I like, you know, unloose the lug nut and then just kind of look up real quick. Like, mm-hmm. anyone about to run me over yet? No. Okay. And go back. Cool. Here. Okay, cool. Yeah, there's no other good way to do that, is there? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to like lay over the hood <laughs> or anything. I remembered to uh, loosen the lugs before I jacked it up this time. So that was good want to take nuggets from this conversation and just mm-hmm. pull them and save them. All jack, right, cool. Jack those lugs. Oh, I gotta jack those lugs. All right. Um, you gotta that D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you reading? Um, I from I your color coordinated bookshelf. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I always love. Honestly, I love when you offer up parts of my life for what you consider to be ridicule by the world and it's not and ridicule tell your do you see how many likes you got people were into it your I, ratio was great i honestly hope that your bookshelf like i don't think you're trying too hard at all i, I really hope that your double the size bookshelf picture gets as many likes so it won't it won't 
it's not so nearly as interesting. Picture of the top three shelves of my five shelf bookshelf. So are all the shelves color coded like that? I'm just going for the good photo. I'm just asking a question. Are they all? I mean, it seemed like they kind of were, but they were just mostly like black. So I couldn't really tell, to be honest. You might, you might honestly be colorblind then. Um, and then I, I believe I explained to you why it was like that. And you're like, no, it doesn't matter. It's not what I need you for. <laughs> Said Pontius Pilate as he hit tweet. <laughs> <laughs> you did it at a very strange time in your life. Um, just very happy to have a bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Right there. But like, yeah, so thank you for taking a picture of half of one bookshelf of like the five bookshelves I keep in my home. <laughs> hey, you're welcome to go post your own bookshelf. Though I did just go buy two more bookshelves mm-hmm. online today because I need to get some books off like piles on the floor downstairs. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what are you reading? Um, I don't remember what I finished. So I am about to start. Um, what is it called? The Silent Patient by Alex Michael Leedis, somebody told me earlier today that it was really good, so I picked up a copy. Um, so yeah, you mean we'll uh, the friend of the pod, Caitlin, was tweeting, tweeting about? What book is that? The Silent Patient. Oh, is she going to read that too? Good for her. I think she just um, tweeted that she read it. Oh, cool. Then she'll have to let me know what she thought of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I'll read it first. Yeah, so that's what I just picked up. It's sitting on my nightstand. Yourself? Uh, so I am... Slowly making my way through a book called Queen of Shadows, which is like part of this YA series by I think the author's name is Sarah Moss or Mass or something like that. Um, yeah. Haven't had a ton of time to read lately, but slowly getting my way through. I think I'm about a third through now. It's a, a fucking, book. it's a tome. It's massive. Yeah. They're fun books. Mm-hmm. How a, many a little books predictable. On your but... Shelf, have you read? It's a good question. I mean, I haven't Eugenides? done. You I read de- Jeffrey Eugenides? No, I definitely have not read all the books there. Um, a lot of books people give me or I buy and intend to read, and I will someday. You know, like I like how you can actually see the bookmarks in both the Franzen books. Like you can see where mm-hmm. I stopped reading. I find that amusing. For some reason, I always get Garf Nix and Guy Gavriel K mixed up. Oh, I've never heard of that guy, but I would say. Maybe two thirds of those books I've read. I haven't done a count, but we'll, we'll be safe and say that. Okay. Okay. How about the Shay Mitchell? I'm sure you've got that cover to cover. Three right? chapters in. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, are people not giving you enough credit for having the Shay Mitchell book on your shelf? I'm waiting for the credit. Uh, you, you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are all your Witcher books, too? Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Cool. All right. All right. Well, what are we watching? We're watching Game of Thrones, obviously. Obviously. This is a big episode. I'm not sure how controversial it is or if just like there's a certain portion of the internet that hates every new Game of Thrones episode. So it's really? hard to, it's hard yeah, it's hard to tell how well it's received because if you go by like Reddit, it's just a bunch of pissy people who are like they're convinced that like the show instantly turned into hot garbage as soon as like Martin's, you know, material ran out and that Fading off and wise can't like you know wipe their own asses or something. Uh, I think it's a, a little more nuance of a discussion, but uh, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I had some issues, minor issues, um, but it was fun. I liked it. What do you think of the long night? Spoilers, by the way, for Game of Thrones and Endgame. Last I think Reddit's stupid. 
I think people who are smart and use Reddit know that Reddit's stupid, right? <laughs> They're just like, wow, yeah. I'm trying to find real conversation, all this goddamn noise. I think this episode was incredible at showing off these characters for all their virtues and flaws, like like Jon Snow, generally good dude. We 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 kind of are complicit in thinking he's the prince that's promised. Um tends to throw himself into conflicts like massively ill prepared. Um, but this, this, I don't know, not just this episode, but just this season has reminded me like the two stories that I am most invested in that I am most curious about are Arya and Jamie's. Hmm. So would have liked them a little more Jamie in this one, but I mean, an Arya scene. I mean, there was what, like at least five different times when it's like, Oh, Jamie's getting dogpiled. That's it. He's done. Nope. Yeah. Someone yeah. saved him. Yeah. Um, can we just, I mean, let's just get out of, out of, out of the way. Arya fucking Stark hit it and quit it on every level in that one night. She's had a good night. <laughs> On every level. <laughs> like a really good night. Also, uh, pour one out for our boy, Barrett and Darian. Man, I mean, you, you knew he, like, of all the potential, you know, Deadpool people, he had to be near the top just because, like, he doesn't even represent anything interesting. You know, like, no. Gendry, you could say, well, you know, what is he? But it's like, oh, well, that's Arya's new dude, so, like, maybe sticks around. You know, like. Tormund, he's the only wildling, so you kind of need him to live just to yeah. represent the wildlings. You know, Jamie and Brienne, you could say, well, they both have like unfinished business. Brienne, less so, but still. But like, mm-hmm. Beric and Darian, you know what? Yeah. I mean, they kind of well, gave him something to be like, oh, yeah, he was there to save Arya. But otherwise, yeah. it's like he's just there for his cool voice, and I'll miss it. That dude has an incredibly fucking cool amazing voice. I, ooh, sometimes we need, we need to sit down and just really do top five coolest voices. Because Jorah's on there. Jorah's a weepy, sad Jorah's, bastard. Jorah's got a pretty good voice, yeah. He's got a good voice. Um, Should have been done. No, but otherwise, wouldn't have the thing. Was it the previous episode where it's like, it's too bad the Lorelite brought you back 19 times to yeah. be the three off the fucking wall right now. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, I think Barry's going to die next yeah. week. Yeah, well, it's like the Hound. No, click game ball. He can't die. No. <laughs> well, it's Podrick, like, Podrick probably could have died, but it almost, it, it almost seemed cruel. You know? Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, it's Pod. Oh, because then I need somebody. I need somebody to eulogize him. And like, Pod seemed like a small man, but he had a huge dick. All the all the horrors <laughs> of Westeros come to the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I feel like uh, like Jamie, you think will live to at least have a scene with Cersei. Tyrion, you think will live to have a scene with Cersei. You know, plus, like plus you have Bronn coming. It would be weird if one of them were already dead. Yeah. Like we don't know how that's going to play out, but it would kind of lessen it. I, when Melisandre showed up, I kind of thought, okay, well, we won't get Braun in this episode. One of my favorite things about this episode is that uh, at the end, when uh-huh. Melisandre's like walking out the gates and like Davos comes out, he's got like his hand on his sword. He's like, oh no, don't think I forgot. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'm still about to fucking kill you. That's how yeah. much I hate you. Yeah. 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 And he's like, I will sacrifice the rest of the finger bones on this one hand. To see you die. How are the how are the visuals for you? Uh, you know, not amazing. <laughs> I I mean, so I watched. I mean, first... they captured war at medieval war at nighttime. Yeah, I watched okay. this first at a friend's house who had a just you know like a like a savage. He just had a 1080p television and you know LCD. It it was real hard to see some stuff. Uh, I watched it later on my 4K TV. I could see it better. But there's some mm-hmm. shots where it really isn't about the lighting. It's just kind of like murky and blurry. And like mm-hmm. you can't really see what's going on. Like it's not so much that it's not bright enough. It's just that like the shot composition 
and the shakiness and whatnot. It's like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Well, and some of that is really like there's a great shot at one point where you're like you're not on the front line. You're like maybe a a, a troop or two behind the front line mm-hmm. and out of the darkness just slowly comes the dead. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's some real saving private Ryan bullshit that's happening. That's what you're seeing. You're in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like there was one shot after the cavalry, just like <laughs> perhaps not this the greatest tactics like or just rode to their deaths there. And then like the just Dothraki. like yeah the Dothraki and then like just like a few horses and, and dudes are like riding back and like Jorah rides by and I think I'm trying to remember what character it is it might be Jamie one of them like looks over at Jorah as he's riding by and I think we're supposed to get some sort of emotion from Jorah's face mm-hmm. like like an oh shit or like terror I don't know what Jorah was emoting but I couldn't see it because mm. it was just a blurry shot because it's like there's motion and it's dark and you know you just can't see it it's like the camera couldn't focus. There were certain bits of the episode, like certain emotional beats that weren't necessarily wordy, but like I, I didn't fully get them to later. So um, when the Dothraki get completely annihilated there in the dark and like Daenerys like goes and saddles up on her dragon, did you kind of get like that that was meant to be like that was the flaw? Like they had a pretty solid plan and she was like jumping the gun. I mean, they, that's what they said in the, uh, like, yeah, the, the after, after show, I guess. Watching it twice and kind of trying to be charitable and analyze the tactics, I'm not sure if the Dothraki were supposed to charge there or not. Because, like, I I could almost buy like they just got hyped with their swords and were like, "Fuck yeah, let's charge" or mm-hmm. something. Because it's really dumb. Like that's not how you would use cavalry ever. Um, mm-hmm. The but doesn't seem like a Dothraki move. It it does. I mean, so I'll, I'll kind of try to be charitable and give them that. Um, it looked cool for sure. Like the, when they're charging and like the. Uh, like the flaming, the flaming things are like flying overhead, you know, and it's yeah. like the shots of like Jorah riding and his face is like flashing in the fire. Like that was just a fucking cool shot. Um, and then all the lights just go out. So like that was awesome. It didn't make a ton of tactical sense. I could maybe hand wave it and say like, well, the Dothraki like jumped the gun or something. But yeah, then I guess we're supposed to get that Daenerys jumped the gun. Although I don't know why you need both your like your nuclear weapons essentially sitting on the sideline watching, like maybe just one of them could have sat on the sideline, you know? Mm-hmm. So here's a dumb question. What happened to John's dragon that he was riding? It's fine. It, um, it kind of comes in for like, uh, you know, like crash landing, you know, not, not okay. the smoothest of landings, but it's like, it's on its feet walking and then kind of mm-hmm. slides on its belly. So it was somewhat, so, it was a controlled crash, you know, in junior high, you would say that he biffed. Yeah, but he, you know, he handled it on the way down. Let's put it that way. Like okay. it was fairly graceful when you when you really see it, uh, and and if you can't see it, you know, if your TV's bright enough. Um, cool. But I think in the trailer for the next episode, he's in it, so he's fine. I know. I feel like I've only seen like one dragon in the the trailer for the next one. No, you can see it. Daenerys goes up like, uh, what's his face? Rhaegal is kind of green. Okay. And so it's like, oh, that like when she goes up to one of the dragons, it's definitely not Drogon. It's it's uh, Rhaegal. I mean, so when the episode started, would you have thought the Night King was going to perish at the end? You know, I considered that a lot, and I only really saw a couple potential outcomes. It was like, well, either they win, mm-hmm. they can't like everyone dies, which seems unlikely, or it's some sort of like they get their asses handed them and have to retreat, or maybe the Night King like did a faint and went somewhere else. You know, but it's like. Once it was like the battle is on, it's like, okay, well, they're probably not going to have just everyone die. So either they're going to suffer a massive defeat and like 
a couple key characters get away, which doesn't seem super satisfying, or they kind of have to win, right? Like, there's only so many outcomes at a certain point. Out of the 14,635,000 mm-hmm. possibilities, I, I honestly thought there's a good chance Bran could just die. Night King, like, moves on, right? the rest of them, like, recover, and it's like he's just started making his slow descent into the rest of Westeros. That's that's kind of where I thought. I, I kind of thought that maybe I kind of thought that maybe Bran would die but they would kill the Night King or something like that. Mm. Or or some major victory where they've like killed his dragon or like severely like kind of like they quote unquote win but Bran dies or something like that. I uh you can go now Michael. I uh it's minor but I don't like the the terminology of twist of Arya killing him because I don't think it's like a twist. It is a nice like you're not thinking of her during that part of the story, but I mean, sure, maybe you could reasonably say that that you thought John was going to be the purveyor of that battle, but like it's I don't know, it's just like, after Arya killed him, it's like that was the perfect. I mean, you thing. can kind of see John keeps trying to fight that dragon, and then just like nope. Which I really feel like he, he had a chance because he's got Valyrian steel. All he needs to do is fucking poke that thing, you know. Like there was yeah. like one moment where he kind of like I felt like if he just went for it he might have gotten there in time before he when he's screaming at the dragon and the dragon's like actually looking at him like motherfucker are you serious and he opens his mouth i kept waiting for john to just like throw the sword yeah throw the sword sword. seriously (laughs) throw that sword john but i love that before the dragon realizes john's there he's just like fuck your castle fuck your castle he's just like smashing shit for fun and he's like oh a person i like the the fire like leaking out of it's like torn off like face and neck that was pretty cool yeah um (laughs) <laughs> the the thing with the interview the guy the stuntman who plays the night king and they're like what was your motivation when you were staring at Bran and he's just like I looked at him like he was a cake that I wanted to eat I could have used a little more from Bran like he starts warging and you're like ooh what's he doing uh, Why we, is he we don't know into a dragon? <laughs> well like what is is that going to pay off later like was he doing something that's going to like he's going to tell us in the next episode or was he just like I'm going to be weird for most of the episode yeah yeah I mean, Max von Sydow was a lot more personable, you know, in his Seriously. little tree. He had, tree, he had tree more personality, yeah. Yeah. So just the fucking, I'm going to go now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. I, I'm not a Theon person, so I feel like this was Theon's redemption. I know some people were like sad. I'm like, yeah, okay, I was, cool. I was fine with it. I, was, I mean, I we, we got a lot of Theon over the course of this show. Yeah. I would say a touch too much Theon. I, I saw somebody tweet there like, oh, Bran just like worked into a raven to go watch the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back in three hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess you need to hold him for three hours. I mean, do me solid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, it's kind of sweet when Jorah dies. I mean, he is he is the ultimate sad sack of shit with his like death wish fulfilled. Uh, but I thought it was sweeter when the dragon comes and like comforts Daenerys. That was a cool shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jorah is probably the the biggest death. I mean, technically Theon's been there since the pilot, but sure. Eh, I mean, I, I just, I, I wasn't feeling super warm and fuzzy about Theon. It's like, yeah, Sansa gave him a hug, but I'm still just like, yeah, fuck you, Theon. So the other thing I didn't pick up on at first, when Arya gives her the dagger, I was just like, oh, okay, she gave her a dagger. And it's like, when she shows the dagger to Tyrion in the crypt, I was like, oh shit. Cause he gives her that great, like that bad, huh? Look, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, Arya, that's cold-blooded. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed in the previous episode that she didn't give her her um, her Valerian seal. Mm. I was just like, huh, okay. 
No, I thought she gave her just like a dragon glass one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. because I, I was wondering if she was going to give her the Valerian seal one, and she didn't. And I was like, hmm, interesting. And that is the one that that like was used to stab Bran, right? Um, well, attempted to, yeah. Right, right, okay. From that, little that cut Cat's uh, hands, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um. So the other thing too, like with Jamie, I didn't even really think about this last season, but like I I completely forgot. Jamie literally faced his like worst fucking nightmare in that battle. Um, battleground with Braun when he actually sees like a Targaryen like dragon ruler burning people alive. I don't know. I was thinking about that like after this episode, and I was just like, oh shit! Like Jamie's such a scary. Because I would still say that the the confrontation of Brienne or the confession of Brienne in the tub mm-hmm. is like top five scene of this show, or one of the top five scenes of this show. I still feel like people give Danny a, a little bit of a hard time for the Tarleys. There, they had their chance. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it's a it's an unfortunate pattern repeated. I I agree, but yeah, I mean, first of all, Samuel's dad's a fucking asshole. And she tried like, to talk him out of it. Tyrion was like, "Dudes, come on," and they're just like, "No, fuck you! I don't recognize your authority." <laughs> I mean, the only thing that would have made it, I don't know, maybe a little better, is if she's just like, "Come on, guy, come on, Rickon," and he's just like, "Dickon," and she's yeah. just like, "Yeah, okay." She's like, seriously, <laughs> that's your name? <laughs> I'm doing you a solid here. <laughs> Keegan Allen's bro. <laughs> well, like their whole plan seemed to hinge on Danny or or John seeing Davos like waving his little like you know airport you know controller things or whatever mm-hmm, his, his mm-hmm, sticks. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. I, I guess they didn't count on like the weird like you know hailstorm or whatever that came in. Yeah. But did she not have a backup? Like, was there no other way he could start that fire? Yeah. Just. I mean, they it. did try. They started shooting arrows. I thought once the fire got lit, they all just fucking stood there and stared. At the dead, and it's like, hey, hey, fire some arrows, maybe. I don't know. Like, Danny was out there just like carving dudes up, which is one of the funnier things in the episode when, like, you just see in the background, like, a dragon flying by and, like, roasting, like, you know, hundreds of bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, the hound is like, he's a tough dude, no doubt about it. But, like, it's not about fire. I feel like, though, he's got to be like, I'm on the side of dragons. I got to really, like, be honest with myself about what freaks me out. <laughs> Like I've been in situations before where fire just like it just fucking shut me down, man. And that's who I am. I'm cool with that. Like maybe I maybe I need to like be somewhere else right now. It makes me wonder if uh, fire is going to be a factor in the Clegane Bull. Like it's like yeah. he's finally going to overcome it or something. Or if that's just not he's just not about fire. Well, and I kind of wonder too. Like say like the Night King gets more south. Would there be like a weird thing where he encounters the mountain? And he's just like you're some other kind of fucking zombie. Um, I love that we never, like, the Night King never says a fucking word. I mean, what would he say? I don't know. Because then you're also wondering about his voice, like, Hi, I'm the Night King. <laughs> you're all dead. <laughs> like, that's what he sounds like? Oof. <laughs> He's no Barrington Darian. <laughs> With that voice, like, fine brandy. Yeah, like, I don't know, someone made a, a tweet that's pretty funny, just about, like, Cersei, she's got her wine. She's got her pirate lover. It was like Mirror Universe Pacey Witter. She's got 30,000 like mercenaries at her disposal. Daenerys has got a dragon and like a weird relationship with a lot of people who have PTSD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to go fight for her. So I was kind of watching to try to keep an eye on like the troop levels. I mm-hmm. could I could reasonably see that maybe like a quarter of the Dothraki made it back. Like you kind of saw on the edges of the frame like dudes just running back. So mm-hmm. like maybe a quarter of the Dothraki survived, but they're probably like not a lot of horses. 
Um, or well, maybe you could you, say they just they just fucking wrote on, you know, like, like one fifth of the Unsullied, maybe. Uh, a lot of Unsullied do make it in. Like, um, you really see a lot of people, like probably hundreds, not thousands of people, retreat um, into the keep there. The uh, at one point, Grey Worm has to like pull a bridge and seemingly abandon like a bunch of Unsullied in their forward positions because yeah. they're like, but they're like the fires between them and the keep. Um, mm-hmm. But it seemingly like a shit ton of people made it into the keep. I don't know where they went because it didn't seem like there were a bunch of them inside the keep. But I don't know. I'll be really curious to see like what the tallies are. Like I would buy up to a few thousand left over. You know, if, if they're like, oh, we've got three thousand mixed, you know, troops left over, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. If they're like, oh, we still have ten thousand, I could be like, mm, did they all like? Is there? Did they just go out the back gate and hide? Like where were they? You know. Mm-hmm. I've kind of wondered if like Masande will be the one. Out of that tragic pairing. Ooh. Well, because like the way that like, thinking back on their conversation and she talks about like how her people are a peaceful people. I was thinking like, OK, so she dies. He goes to the island. He's just like, I'm going to protect all of you in her name or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, like I'm trying to think of just like threads from over the course of the show that will be interesting to come back. Like the Iron Bank stuff is is really. Yeah, I wonder. We may never see them again. We'll see. Well, just in general, over the course of the show, like I was watching some video where they were like trying to track things that people were saying over the course of season two about like how much money is owed to Tywin and how much of that money is actually owed to the Iron Bank. <laughs> um, I thought it was really funny when uh, Mel Sandry shows up and like like Grey Worm is already like talked about like buying his boat called Live Forever and like retiring mm-hmm. soon. And then she rolls up mm-hmm. and is like, Valor uh, more gillis. <laughs> it's like, could you put more of a target on this guy's back? And then yeah. miraculously, he made it out. What a stutter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Melisandre. So, okay, is, is Cersei, is she the green eyes? Um, I don't know. I mean, I always killed a lot of people. She might have already covered that. Does Cersei have green eyes? I thought she had blue eyes. I I've seen differing accounts. She probably I has hazel I, eyes. Well, that's just a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> so the hound though is still on her list. I mean, who else is on her list? I don't think she's going to kill the hound. She's not. No, she, the hound's not on her list. She kind of admitted to that. Yeah. Um, but uh, of her I, list, I feel like because, she, because she got the night King, I feel like she's not going to get Cersei. Like you got to spread it around a little. There's too many other people who have history with Cersei. Mm. It's uh, George R. R. Martin's wife's favorite character, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's why I've always kind of known that Arya wasn't going to die because I think I think he's like quoted well, somewhere as saying that like my wife would divorce me if I killed Arya or something like that. I, I feel like it's like anyone could die on the show, but like I feel like they're not going to do Arya wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. and I and I I really liked her in in Gendry, but I to me that wasn't like. A love connection that was a straight up lust no, connection. I think, I think there's the potential for love there. I think maybe, maybe, I think this, this season is about Arya rediscovering her humanity. All them seeing each other was straight up just thirst. Like oh, she's just sure. like, this is an itch that I have been wanting to scratch. Yeah, but there's there's a reason she went to Gendry and not some other dude. Wow, I mean, you see that guy in that uh, yeah, swinging that hammer, sweaty blacksmith shop. But I think in the trailer for the next episode, you can see them kissing. So. Nice. Well, I mean, I, 
I'm not as much caring. I just got thought like, oh, Gendry got laid, now he's gonna die. <laughs> there was that. I mean, I guess it's like how how happy of an ending is Arya gonna get, you know? Or if he could have been there when she has her conversations with like Melisandre, and he walks in, he's like, "Ooh, my ex, kind of." <laughs> yeah, I had a little bit of a penis inside of her for a while. Then she tried to put some leeches on me. <laughs> Let's see. So, what else is in this episode? I'm trying to think of the other characters here. Um, Brianna, Jamie, just really wailed on a bunch of people, got dogpiled, and then fought it off. They held their own. I mean, they had Valerian Steel, so I feel like that gave them an advantage there. It's like one little nick and wherever their fight so, goes down. So we're clear. Okay. Tormund, obviously, is making no small bones about his affection towards Brienne. Good for him. He's like got kind of a fetish, but like also he's very much about uplifting her. I feel like Brienne is very into Jamie in a way she doesn't understand, right? I think she understands it a little. I don't know if they're going to end up going there, but yeah. I, I don't think... I think Tormund's trying real hard, but he's not really making any inroads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was uh, like, it's like Brienne, Jamie, Tormund, Gendry, and Podrick were just like in the shit. And Grey Worm, I guess. Although I feel like for a while we didn't see Grey Worm. And then suddenly like he was still alive, like way later on. Mm. <laughs> House Mormon is off the map. Yeah, man. Yeah, Lyanna. Good, good. Fuck good ending for her i, I feel like yeah. they they built her up just right so that she could have a big heroic moment for for what should have been or what was intended to be a one scene character yeah. yeah good for you and that's all based on just like how good that little actor was yeah i think one of the like post shows or podcasts i was listening to you were talking about like the character kind of just existed for the tweets you know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like she She'd served her last purpose. They're a tough break for House Mormon. I don't know if they have any more people. Mm-mm. I don't know. Mm. But, I mean, her and Arya getting it done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the North is, you know, has to have very strong, strong women. So there's still some, like, Winterfell keep left, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it seems like a lot of it's fairly it's intact. It's like they're, like, in a hall celebrating in the next one. I mean, there's definitely like some stuff collapsing when like there's some cool tracking shots of John like running through, you know, after he fails to uh, take down the Night King and he's like running through the the castle there and it's like stuff's like collapsing around him. But a lot of just like bodies just like raining down like from the uh, walls and stuff. That was a pretty cool shot. So the the Night King is great. Like I love the look of that character. Like it it does so much and without ever like emoting, you know, like even like Darth Maul, like did a lot of like yeah. evil grin stuff, but like the closest I really read an emotion in is as John's like closing that gap and he just turns around and he just like starts to slowly raise his arms. Just like, bro, are you this stupid? I just wanted John to just what, what be like, you, you fucking coward, you asshole fight me. <laughs> but it's like, it's like the third time that John's found himself in a situation where he ran headfirst into basically being surrounded. <laughs> yeah. Some of those uh, dragon combat shots are pretty cool, especially just, not even really the combat, but when it's just like they go above the clouds and mm-hmm. then like dip back in. Like those are really cool shots with like the moon where you can actually kind of see up there above the clouds. Like super. Yeah, awesome. I mean, it was hard for a lot of people to see like the dragon die, the dragon get resurrected. Oh, no. But it's like if you think about a show of dragons, what you want now is like dragon combat. So it makes a lot of sense. 
What'd you know, you like you, you, can, you can only see like a dragon just like like farting out fire until mm-hmm. like a bunch of you know bodies on the battlefield so many times where you want to see two of them go at it in the air. Definitely, man. I mean, this yeah. is aerial combat is pretty fucking cool. Aerial, whatever, just do it. I like how they ran into each other. Yeah. I'm sorry, I cut you off. What do I think? Oh, about? Um, what do you think, or what did you think of the uh, sequence in like the library there where Arya's like sneaking around? Clever girl. I feel like the scene was definitely like to remind us that she's sneaky and mm-hmm. that she's quiet, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, well, but also, you know, she there are limits to her. Like she is not impervious. She's a human being. And so like the tension was good. <laughs> it was well, when she like when she like arrived on the scene after the the white started like gaining the wall, she mm-hmm. fucking wrecked shop for like a good solid two minutes, just like taking dudes out left and right, like cutting heads off, like just going nuts mm-hmm. with her spear, which I guess the purpose of for that like special spear is just so that she can detach it for like a, a shorter weapon in close yeah. quarters. I, I guess that's what it was about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like she did that cool like roll where she just like flipped and rolled over a bunch of zombies. Yeah, that was awesome. But then like she gets her bell rung at one point and it's like, oh, fuck, I got to get out of here. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's kind of an interesting like I feel like that's the thing you see a lot in, in battle stuff. when it's like you have a really tough ass like fighter it's like well how do i what how happens do we when you get punched like, in the face yeah yeah like how do we take them down a little bit to where we can actually see them as you know imper or like you know like frail or, or potentially going to die because you know like once that one scene where like bears and selmy's like fighting off dudes and it's like well we've been told he's the greatest fighter of all time so how do you kill bears and selmy oh i just watched it happen that scene where uh, she's sneaking around and finally runs into this one white and like stabs her through the chin and like this yeah. chick just like like gushes out blood on her. Ew, gross. And then just kind of like puts her chin like, yeah. on her shoulder. I and mean, I guess the one advantage that they have with the whites over zombies is that there's no like uh, you get scratched, you're turned rule or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, you're watching, you're thinking about it. You're like wondering. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, Beric and Darian, he really, he took, like, a lot of stab wounds before he went down. Like, it, like when he's, like, doing his whole, like, Jesus pose, and they're, like, stabbing him <laughs> from behind, it's like, that's it for him. But then, like, nope, he somehow still, like, gets away and stumbles into the, like, hall with them so he can have mm-hmm. a proper death scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, like, 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 just running into people and, like, butting them off of her and just throwing that flaming sword. That... That's such a simple gesture that I just it just works so well for me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. All right, so he can do the flaming sword. Thor's can do the flaming sword. Do you have? To, is there some special magic to it? Like, could he teach that to more people? Well, Thor's could do it. Melisandre could do it. Like he I just kind of does so, it. Like I don't know what. Like he, it's like I magic. He just goes whoosh. Like, it seems like he's like running his hand over yeah. in a way. He's cutting his hand. So yeah. I just kind of want just like blood based. That, that's what I call kind of assumed is that like somehow his blood starts the fire. Well, and I really like the way they they have always done Melisandre's magic, where some of it is like generally mystical and I don't understand it, and some of it just seems like cheap sleight of hand that that the people around her are too stupid. But like mm-hmm. when she's doing her shit, and it's like when she's at the like the line there, the the what is it, the the trenches, and mm-hmm. she's like generally concerned like she might not get this done she never entirely knows after like her failure with status it's like she never entirely knows if it's going to work 
Also, and I think I tweeted about it, but again, her real power is just like getting inside other people's inside jokes and references. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, and this show is it's doing... It's just like, hey, we're, we're not job. friends. You don't, you don't get to say that. This show is doing a good job with its, uh, with its like victory lap of references. I didn't realize until I sat down like last night to actually make some notes, like how much of Endgame is references and callbacks. Because it's a fucking lot. Oh, yeah, there's tons in there. But I mean, if it works, it's because you've you've done a fantastic job laying track. And Game of Thrones certainly has, and I think Endgame has, and it's it's kind of it's kind of fitting that we're doing them together because game, especially Winterfell, like it really felt like I don't know that kind of epic Endgame s thing where it's like I got all the fucking toys out. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're all in one spot. We're gonna play with them. It's gonna be fucking epic. Well, it's like, and and there's going to be some definitive end. You know, the Game of Thrones obviously still has three episodes left, but like. There is an end to the war with the Night King. It's yeah. over now. Yeah. And it's just crazy to me that the show, like, again, any other show, we'd be building up to the mysterious Night King and the others and the whites and what's all that shit. Like, this show is like, no, we're going to handle that three episodes before the end because the real drama is <laughs> on the War of the Roses or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> tough break for uh, Alice Karstark there. I'm, she was in Theon's group. I, I think she got got because we don't see her there. So... The one main, like, uh, White Walker bro, he gets, like, the gust in his perm. Oh, yeah. The Arya's there. I My headcanon is that, I don't know how she did it, but my headcanon is that she, like, put on one of their faces to sneak it a little closer. Nah, it wouldn't work. Also, where the fuck were the rest of these dudes? Like, they're just, like, waiting for the Night King to show up, and they're just going to do, like, their, like, victory strut into the uh, godswood. I mean, I, they don't really need to fight, is the thing, you know? Yeah. You have that many, like, corpses, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I do wonder, like, okay, so the Night King raises a corpse, and mm-hmm. then, you know, Arya, like, stabs it with her spear, with her, you know, dragon glass, and it, and it quote-unquote, dies again. Can he then just, like, re-raise it if he mm-hmm. wanted to? Or, like, do you just get one? I don't know, because, I mean, some of them, I guess it's just the White Walkers who, like, shatter, right? Yeah. Hmm. But it's seemingly the... the Dragon glass or Valerian seal like breaks the enchantment of the whites. I yeah. guess once it's done, he can't do it again. Otherwise, like the amount of like whites he could, you know, bring back from the dead, like all the ones they killed, plus the the uh, you know humans who died too, that'd be a lot. Well, the other thing too, going into this episode, I kept thinking about from what I understand of the previous long night, um, they didn't defeat the White Walkers; they just drove them. Far north, they essentially hibernated, right? It's unclear. I mean, that's all George book stuff, so who knows? So I, I, I kind of wondered if they were just going to like come to a stalemate and the Night King would just retreat. And they'd be like, well, we've got the thousand years of peace. What, what, what the show seems to be telling us, at least for the show's story, is that long ago in the war between the Children of the Forest and the First Men, the Children of the Forest were losing, and so they created the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. And it got away from them, you know? And like that's how the wind long winter came the first time or something like that. It'll probably be what that uh, spinoff's about. I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Naomi Watson, et cetera. Okay. I, uh, I spent like, uh, uh, a little bit of time, not this past week and the weekend before, like just looking at some of the, the dedicated song of ice and fire wiki. And I don't remember. I was really going deep on Duma Valeria and there was something in there. I can't remember what it was, but I kept thinking like, well, I wonder like if somehow the white walkers are involved in that. And then I thought, nah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, maybe George will tie something in, but there's only so much they can do on this show, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you really get the sense that, like, like it's 
it, it it's a bummer that they can't just do three more seasons and really just mm. take their time with it. But like, not only do the showrunners went out, but like the actors went out. You know, like they just mm-hmm. it, it just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> you yeah. know, like too many people would have said no. You know, like Kit Harrington and Amelia uh, Clark and you know all the other actors. Like it just, yeah. Unfortunately, real life got in the way, which is why <laughs> which one of the things that makes uh, Endgame and you know the MCU so amazing is like the part of the miracle of that movie is just the casting. You know, yeah. they were able to get that many people in it. And I mean, there's certain. I have I have a question about you, particularly oh, yeah. one part where I'm wondering if it's uh, yeah, I know what you're talking CGI about. placement, but like um. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want season 12 where, like, it's just Gendry and Davos and Braun, not because they're great, because that's all they've got left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think the only, I mean, the Long Night show just has to be about something very interesting that's entirely present to it. You know, like, that's the problem with, like, the prequel nature of it. Well, it needs to not have a bunch of dumb fucking callbacks, or, you know, yeah. or, or call forwards. Like yeah. it just like be its own show, be interesting. We don't need a whole lot of winking at the camera. I mean, we don't need. We, I, we honestly, we don't need like some fucking like. I'm I'm Bobby Lannister Jr. <laughs> I'm here to tell you every three episodes we always pay our debts. Mm-hmm. Wink. Um. Fuck. Yeah. But like the, I think you know, there's a song of ice fire. The the books. I think his his strength is it's a great deconstruction of like the fantasy tropes and and having fun he didn't know how to reconstruct yeah yeah that's the problem is that's the was the mirror needs not or whatever but like it's smart because he has a lot of cool things like the doom of valeria Mm -hmm. that honestly the best outcome is that we never know what the fuck that means yeah i mean i don't want to bash on the 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 prequels capital t capital p um but like that's that's the genuine complaint that people have right that's the problem. Most, the that's the problem with most prequels is that you know it was more interesting when you didn't explain it to me. Yeah. What you needed instead was the spinoff where Tyrion and Melisandre go teach at a college on Essos. <laughs> <sighs> I kind of wonder if the Night King maybe isn't super um mobile's the wrong word, but like he might not have a lot of flexibility in his mm. outfit. Cause I was kind of wondering, like they could have done like kind of a fight scene between him and Theon. And instead it's just like one quick move, Theon, you're dead, which like, maybe that was just to show how badass the night King was, or mm-hmm. maybe it's cause like that guy can't fight. Like he, he might not even be able to see where he's walking, you know? Well, I think also that there's, there's a prowess, but also Theon is raging at that dude of a huge death wish. Right. I mean, he, he just wants to die. Yeah. He knows yeah, he's he just, not going to win. I mean, he's sitting there laying on the ground, like still alive for a minute. Like, Oh, thank you. yeah i like how they like they really cut down to him let's like let's just watch him bleed out for a while Mm -hmm. he's not quite dead yet he's still twitching no fucking brand fucking weirdo wakes up from his nap oh look at that this dude's gonna kill me i could at least frown or something but no i'm a fucking strange person now do you think uh just kind of wrap this up here do you think there's going to ultimately be antagonism like full-on war between john and danny well, okay, first of all, I know some people disagree. I think he picked the exact right time to tell her. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, there's, just, there was no way she was going to take it well. So Eve of Battle is the exact right time. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. if she needs comfort, he can comfort her. He can be like, you know I genuinely care. 
Well, he's like, I'm going to tell you this, thing. and then like we're we're going to have to go do something. So like you can think yeah. about it in the back of your yeah. mind, but yeah, yeah, and you you know I'm not your enemy. Like you're going to go fight your real enemy, work some frustrations out. Um, I mean, the problem I think in general is that you know, like medieval shit, Westeros still follows the very patriarchal nature of the the monarchy system. So it's like a part of me is like, well, they could just get married, and I hate to say that, but like just get married and rule together. But like that's not quite how it works. But I mean, I feel like they would want to get married though. Is the thing, like regardless. So I, I don't know. I here's what's crazy: is that the incest is never the problem for them. No, not really. Not not in their society. Oh, I mean, he's like. To be fair, it was hot. <laughs> I guess I'm not sure if it'd be very satisfying for Daenerys to become an ultimate villain. Maybe that's like the final twist they have. I don't know. I don't know if I'd really like it that much. Maybe I'd like it, but but would you agree it's still on the table? It's definitely there. They've laid track if they want to go there. I don't know if that is the intention or if they're just kind of hinting and they're going to pull back. I I definitely agree with the show that at a certain point, John would come around and be like into his destiny and tell her. I wish we kind of had a scene where like he was wrestling with it a little bit. Well, it's think, like he gets this news. He's in disbelief. That's treason, Sam. And then it's like, hey, Daenerys seemed to hear this. I think it's not so much that he wants to be king, but he's got those words in Sam's ear about, you know, like, like, will Daenerys be a good queen? You know, I think that's what he's wrestling with more than like wanting the power himself. But now, also, I presume that this bastard like wants, like he wants a real family. Like he wants to be from something, you know, and now he's been told. You're part of this huge dynasty. Yeah. Oh, I just realized we barely talked about Sam Tarley. He's in this episode. Got, That's Ed, right, got Ed killed and then ran away. That's right. One da- of the five Daenerys was Lord out there with a sword doing more. Like she got her work in. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think people have forgotten that isn't, if I remember correctly, isn't Samo like the first one to kill a White Walker on the show? Yes. Yeah. But I mean, that still was still a coward. Be a fluke. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but this is not like he shouldn't have ever been on that battlefield. I just don't understand by now. Like, how is he still a coward? Like all the shit you've been through, Sam. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is there still drama? Is there still beef between him and Daenerys? I don't know. I mean, she lost Jorah. Man, I want to go back to that scene where he's just like, Charlie's my name. Charlie. And they're like, like, ooh. (laughs) I just wish Daenerys that, like, sees the turn to George and be like, couldn't fucking warn me about that, huh? Because <laughs> let's, let's face it, George has essentially become He's like Gary. Her, the, the Gary to her, yeah. Selena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> you're looking thanks a lot. Thanks a fucking lot. <laughs> Does that mean that uh, um, John is essentially, uh, what's his name, House? <laughs> is that a character in the lighter half of Veep? Oh, you haven't. Uh, I have, probably haven't got there yet. Oh, okay. Her, like, running mate? Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. I'm only in, like, season four, maybe. Is potentially Selena's, like, soulmate? <laughs> mm. All right, well, let's... Oh, my um, God, I can't believe that show's ending. That's such a tragedy. Yeah, yeah, I think we're... We've said what we need to say. Yeah, I... I guess I'm I'm hoping for... Not a John Danny joint rule, but, like, they come together and also, like, decide to, like, a little more democratize the kingdoms. I guess, and mm-hmm. Cersei loses. That's what I'm hoping for. I I kind of wonder about Sansa, like how she'll fall in line, or how the rest of the North will fall in line, because that's now the issue. Going south, going back to Cersei, are the Northerners now with her? Or like, should Arya get to call her shot now? Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, Arya needs to be like, we're going to decide some fucking things, and you're going to listen, your majesty. 
Um, but like, I kind of wondered, like I said on Twitter, if Sansa becomes like princess of the North, doesn't yeah. fully bend like, the knee. Like Dorne. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I mean, sure. Yeah. Everyone don't, don't tweet me. Yes. Yeah, so of course I would love for Sansa to be queen. I don't know how that works out. That's fine with me, but it, I don't necessarily want her to bend over backwards for Daenerys. All right. Yeah. Well, so let's move on. Do you have a, another very spoilery discussion about Avengers Endgame? Do you have an opening statement? Yeah, I'm kind of all over the place here. Let me see if I can do this quickly. Um, the first line of my opening statement is my thoughts are kind of all over the place. Cool. It's, uh, I, I think the story is really interesting, like myth of like superheroes, identity, and how failure can affect those things and self-sacrifice. Going into this movie, I wish I didn't know something about some of the greenlit Disney Plus shows. Like I wish it had been announced after. Um, that said, you know, whatever, a movie where they talk about time heists is absolutely my fucking jam. I love a movie that like throws shade at the plot of Back to the Future Part 2 and then like directly copies parts of it. I part of my issue with this movie is is the Thanos of it all. Like we have old Thanos who made that decision and did those things and then we lose him and then we have a different Thanos and it's kind of I mean it's not about the villain per se anymore, but it's that's the part I'm still wrestling with, but there's some incredible fan service throughout this movie and it's, I think it's done really well. Um, I love where just the failure that I love the bleakness of the first hour where these good guys have to deal with their shit and they have to cheat and do time travel. And I love that the time travel has nothing to do with a time stone and they have to deal with that loss that sticks. Um, I think if any war that was much more cleaner and this was longer and it, I don't know. I like that. We got that sense that we really got into some of the characters experimental in places. Could this movie have been better? Sure. But like, is this a solid fucking end to this era of Marvel movies? Hell yes. I, I really enjoyed it when I was watching it. And in summary, you know, I support your avenging. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't think it was recorded, but do you remember the conversation we had a few months back where I predicted the exact way that this movie would start and then it started that way? I think I think a lot of us have predicted that this oh, was. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is this was not perfect. Not giving me any like, credit. Marketing. Well, you're a very smart guy. Okay. Just gonna call it. No. Uh, all right. <laughs> My opening statement. Please. I I'm not really sure where to begin. I guess when I watch these movies, there's always a part of my brain that wants to kind of take apart the plotting and the story and kind of look at all the pieces and how they fit together and race ahead to guess where the movie is going. Uh, and there's so much plot in this movie and so many different character arcs closed that on my first watch, it was almost overwhelming. I think in the best movies, that instinct to kind of critique and deconstruct gets overridden by your kind of emotional engagement. Um, I liked Endgame. I found it very enjoyable and crowd-pleasing and kind of sort of impossibly massive scope. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if the kind of empathetic side of my brain ever won out over the analytical side during the movie. Um, hmm. Kind of like, like Phil Collins' solo work. It was very satisfying, but in a narrower way. Uh, I can appreciate the craft and cheer the big epic moments, but nothing really pierced the bill with my, you know, detached existential ennui. Like when Tony Stark died, I felt nothing except kind mm. of admiration for the the craft of the line from Pepper where she says, we're going to be okay, which had this like nice dual meaning. I was like, ooh, good line. Um, but I guess I just, I didn't feel it. And maybe that's just on me and, you know, trying to think too much about the story rather than like, well, they didn't watch over me. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was, it was very fun. It was a worthy send-off to the last decade of the MCU. Should probably win some sort of special Oscar, like, for the casting director. Like, it's just sure. amazing. Like, we might never see this many stars in a movie ever again. 
Like it's just mm-hmm. some murderer's row. Um, mm-hmm. I think the filmmakers gave the audience nearly everything they were asking for with one caveat, at least for me. And I think they pulled it off well. All right. Can I make a suggestion? Sure. Since in, in response to what you were just saying, have you tried not just staring at it, but eating it? I tried. Okay. Went back um, for how, many, how many top moments could you do? So I did six total. I mean, I, I actually, let's say seven because I forgot one. So I could do a lot. I mean, a lot of them are probably pretty obvious, you know, but yeah. 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 Well, let me fast forward to my number seven because <laughs> I did 11. Oh, well, no, no, no. Give us, give us them all. Okay. So quickly. And some of them, again, this is arbitrary. This is not like if I had time, a couple of days, like spend like being able to watch the movie and really think of this is like, I saw this movie a week ago, guys. So bear mm. with me. Uh, my number 11 is, is two. I'm going to tie Tony Stark meeting up of Howard Stark with Thor uh, reuniting of his mother and finding out he's still worthy. Uh, 10, just the funeral. Like, the almost chronological winding back of all the characters. And then, and then everyone goes online. It's like, who the fuck is that one guy? Yeah. The kid from Iron Man three, your favorite kid. Uh, Well, like it's very weird. Cause like, it's like, Oh, Hey, look, there are uh, Hank Pym and and Michelle Pfeiffer. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're actually here. Is this like arrest development season four? Or they're all totally It absolutely is. And I was like, Oh, there's Carol. And no, there's Nick Fury. And like, they all like wear like their special, like the fucking guardians of the galaxy, their special, like black variant outfits was hilarious <laughs> to me. And I was like, Oh, but Nick and Carol aren't talking. Fuck. I want them to have a conversation. Um, nine, uh, Hawkeye and black widow, uh, having a, a conversation, if you will, picking which of them will sacrifice themselves to get the soul stone, which then unfortunately ends up another dead girl at the bottom of the well. Um, number eight, captain America, literally confronting himself. There's a great, there's great tie-ins to even the parts that are more controversial of the Marvel movies. Like a lot of tie-ins to Age of Ultron where, you know, like Steve Rogers doesn't use bad language and he sees himself and he's like, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I, 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 it was that movie where I realized, oh shit, Captain America does have a catchphrase. It's I can do this all day, which he said several times. Throughout oh these oh movies. yeah, that's totally his catchphrase. Yeah, so what's your number seven? Um, let's see. I, let's just say... An honorable mention for just all the the special appearances by so many minor characters like Secretary mm-hmm. Pierce, Jane, yep. Rumlow, Frigga, the Ancient mm-hmm. One, Ned, Jarvis, Jarvis, like the one TV, TV show t- tie-in they've ever done. Yeah, uh, Peggy, <laughs> Hank Pym. Like it was just like there's always a moment where you're wondering like, are they going to have so and so here? Holy shit, they do. You know? Yeah. Um. So all those were all pretty awesome. So I'll just say that collectively for number seven. My number seven is the inversion of the elevator scene where Captain America, well, I can fight this out or I can just lean in this guy's ear and say, hail Hydra. <laughs> it's like Cap got smart. <laughs> uh, let's uh, see. My number six. Uh, when the Ancient One explains time to Bruce Banner. Mm. I like that scene. I really, I know it was controversial casting and they probably shouldn't have done it because it's whitewashing but mm-hmm. she is really fucking good as the ancient one you know until yeah, this one like she really like that's like all my favorite parts of Doctor Strange are the parts where she's in it yeah like the her explaining the way time works and just like her manner of dealing with uh, the Hulk there and it's like the only time we really get to see Mark Ruffalo as Hulk except for the beginning of the, or as not Hulk uh, except for the beginning of the movie yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, it's not on my list at all, but the moment where he turns her around and he's like, well, I don't understand. Stephen Strange gave, gave him yeah. the time stone. And she's just like, oh shit, he made a mistake. Or I did right now. I love that. Like, Tilt Swinton's great. Um, my number six is, I mean, come on, it's all of Tony's final message to to Pepper at the start of the movie. It's incredibly touching. There's a great so little the one, reference. Well, the one at the start, not the end. The start of the movie. Yeah, okay. the start of the movie. There's a great little reference there to the first Iron Man movie where he says, don't post this on social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, of course, is the, uh, I don't want to say it's on your MySpace page, which, think about that. These movies are so, so old that there was MySpace at the time. It's insane. Uh, uh, where are we at? Five? Also, it's just a nice reminder that this was how it was almost always going to end for Tony. Yeah. So, yeah. number five. Uh, I'm going to go with the arrival of Captain Marvel and the little charge of the female Avengers. I know some people really hated that. It's it's pandery, sure, but I, I liked it. I, I liked that it. it was like, oh, by the way, like, we have all these second and third characters, you know, that never really get the spotlight. We're going to give them like a moment here. Is it Okoye who says she's not going to be alone? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's it's my girl Scarlet Witch, who's the initial one. And then they all show up, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I some of the movies that are announced. I don't think we need an A-Force movie, though, would be very cool. It'd be very, very cool. And you would get a lot of support from the internet. You get a lot of negativity from, you know, those parts of the internet, but well, it's like they have granted only one main female hero, the Tatarone movie, but they've got like 10 other good characters that mm-hmm. never get enough. And that certainly wasn't enough for them to get a charge, but it was still nice to see it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that seems like a no brainer of a, <laughs> of a movie. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Uh, my number five is actually surprising me. The first scene, um, it's a nice reminder of what <laughs> happened in a new way. Um, it's very understated. And I love that the first line of the movie is you see where you're going. Now let's worry about how you get there, which is a nice little meta statement. Let's see. We're number four now, right? Yep. I'm going to go with the uh, cap list, the hammer. Okay. I feel like I'd have this slightly higher, but the execution was a little weird to me. Yes. Um, just like the way it was filmed. There's a couple things in the way it was filmed in that final battle that I feel like maybe could have been a little better, but still a pretty cool moment. I mean, he kind of, I somehow like forgot that this should happen. And then as soon as it happened, I was like, Oh, of course they did that. You know? So that was the only moment in my, my 11 PM showing the night of where like fucking cheers. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, <laughs> my showing yeah. is going, they were losing their minds. They're just like going nuts at everything. I mean, everyone else, every other part, you know, some laughter, some snickers and whatever, some gasps occasionally, like all very low key. And then just fucking losing their mind when that happened. Oh, yeah. I had, um, the, I had the hardcore people at my 2 a.m. showing. They were into it. God, 2 a.m. What the fuck? I can't imagine yeah. walking in this movie at 2 a.m. Yeah, it was getting <laughs> light outside. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you, after that, you go straight to a diner and you meet Katie Holmes and, and mm-hmm. Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. The family fucking circus. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Bottom, um, bottom right corner, just waiting to suck. Uh-huh. My, uh, oh, he's the good drug dealer. We should do go at some point, right? No, no absolutely. Uh, my number four, I'm picking this one because, let's face it, I am a simple bitch. It's Tony Stark snapping his fingers and saying that he's Iron Man. Oh, that's my number three. Yeah. Oh, and that, and I'll I'll just back it up a little to include when there's like a brief lull in the battle is like the, the gauntlet is in play and Tony looks over to Doctor Strange and he kind of like slowly raises a finger like, this is it. This is the one. The one, yeah, yeah. He gives him the finger, yeah. Yeah. 
in a good way, in a bad way, in a good way. Um, it was earlier, you're like, I told you it won't happen. And then, yeah, when he goes on the finger, it's like Tony Stark's just like, fuck, I know I, I, I kind of love that conceit, you know, yeah. that like 14 million, you know, out, possible outcomes, only one is a good one. Mm-hmm. I, I really, in general, like Robert Downey Jr. and Cumberbatch together. I kind of want to see them do something else. Like, I feel like they really play well off each other. The two Sherlocks? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your number three, huh? That is my number three. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, uh, the finger all the way up to Iron. I am Iron Man in the snap. Uh, I am inevitable. Uh, my am number three Iron Man. Yeah, is... I want to put this higher because this is kind of the thing that I've been waiting for for a while. And it's kind of surprised me until like it doesn't happen. And then I'm like, I feel antsy. It's Tony Stark returning to Earth and telling off Steve Rogers with the callback to Age of Ultron and the need to put a suit of armor around the Earth. And then he gets in Cass' face and he says, I needed you. I said we'd lose. You said we'd do that together. Well, guess what, Cap? We lost. And you weren't there. Liar. Yeah, it's a pretty brutal scene. And I thought, oh, fuck. And then they, they're pretty civil to each other and like they're teammatey and they're chummy like later in the movie. But I kept thinking throughout Endgame there would be like one more, you know. There was never a full burying of the hatchet. Like there kind of yeah. was. It's like, here's your shield. But it was still like a little frosty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get the like, do you trust me? I, I do. You know, and, like they're on the porch and he's just like, yeah, you can stay for lunch if you don't talk shop and all this stuff. And I was like, I feel like there needs to be just one more moment. But this this was good. <laughs> this was real good. Yeah, it was a great scene for you. There. Liar. I feel like my number two is going to be on your list. We'll find out. Hmm. My number one is probably not your number one. Hmm. Okay. My number two is uh, on your left. Okay. Just all the heroes show up. I mean, my audience, they were just fucking going nuts at that point. Like, like, I think having Black Panther and Shuri and Akoya be the first ones was like, that was the perfect choice. Mm. Like, everyone lost their minds. They're like, fuck yes, Black Panther. And then, like, just it keeps coming and keeps coming. And then when Spider-Man shows up, it's just like pandemonium. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two is just cut to black and then five, five years, later. years later. That probably should be on my list because I am a, I'm always a, a fan of big time jumps like that. Fan. Yeah. yeah, I love the Stevens one. Yeah, that was five thousand years later. <laughs> I love you, five thousand. What a flex! Yeah, but I was just like, oh fuck yeah, we're doing this. I, I, what I love about this movie is that when the movie ends, it's still twenty twenty three. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. Talk about the the logistical problems there that that bringing half of all life on Earth back I, from the void would cause. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. I made some notes. We're going to talk about it. What's your number one? I really love to run that by like Paul Krugman. Like, how does that work? I have I have a couple of notes that I could think of. I'm sure you can comment upon them. But yeah, I would love to hear like a uh, humanitarian and a futurist and just people who know about how cities are run yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or why are there earthquakes at the bottom of the ocean? Yeah. But what's your number one? So this is uh, not a big moment. It's just a quiet little moment. I really love the scene where Steve comes to visit Nat at the HQ after she's kind of like done her debrief. I, I fucking love Scarlett Johansson in these movies. She's my favorite Avenger. Just everything about her, the way she plays a character, her body language, the way she's kind of like got one leg up on the desk eating a sandwich. Like, I just feel like she totally owns the role as someone who's like 
they basically broke five years ago and they're just still going. Mm-hmm. So I find that scene fascinating just because you've just seen him lead the survivors uh-huh. guilt group. And then he comes and he gets real with her and they're the way they play off each other has been always, you're right. One of the most interesting dynamics because Tony Stark is Tony Stark and he's pretty much Tony Stark of every Avenger. Well, and, um, and Scar- it, Scar- Joe and, uh, uh, Chris Evans, they're like real life friends. And like, you really get that kind of friendly chemistry between them. But there's like a certain level of the bravado that's needed for the other troops. That's like uh-huh. dropped yeah. between the two of them. Um, especially the weird, I mean, just the great line. I keep telling people to move on. Mm-hmm. Some do. Well, and the, the whole thing where she's like, if you tell me there's like a silver line here or whatever, I'm going to throw this peanut butter sandwich at you. <laughs> um, yeah, so my number one is there's a moment where I believe it is Captain America is about to face Thanos and his minions all on his own, like Jon Snow, like uh-huh. Luke in The Last Jedi. And then, as you mentioned, there's a great callback to on your left and top moment. Come on, the return of everyone. All these portals start opening. This was more exciting for me than any of the fight that followed. Exactly, yeah. the uh, They did the big charge. Where like I'll bet when you get the like the Blu-ray or the 4K, you know whatever, That's you can cover. you can freeze frame it and actually see like oh shit, there's everyone. But like in the moment, you can't see what the fuck's going on. It's too big, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 kind of like that that hero shot or the group shot from Age of Ultron. I mean, the fact the amount of time they spent in Dark World in this movie is so impressive, it's and that's so probably just, one it's, of the it's such a fuck you. Yeah, it's like oh I, the worst movie, the one everyone hates. Ha uh-huh. ha. Yeah, I this movie is so interesting. But like in general, this whole thing, I had these occasions a couple times in my life. I don't know if you did, where a friend would come over with their toys when we were like we're like little kids, uh-huh. and I fucking hated that. Like, well, I'll put it this way: I didn't mind. It. It's when we got all the toys, we're gonna play, we're gonna do whatever, uh-huh. and their thing would be like, let's just have them fight or whatever. And I'm the guy who's there, like, there's got to be a story, right? Like. Like we got it. We got to justify why they're all here, and then we got to have fun of it, right? Like, I don't know. And, and is that what it was but, like to grow up with action figures? Were you not an action figure guy at all? I wasn't allowed to have action figures, man. Oh, that's right, because yeah. of like religion. I got to watch fucking Davy and Goliath instead of Hey Man. I just want to give you a hug so bad, right? Nah, now. That's fine. Like all, all my peers are like they they watch those dumb Transformer movies. Like it means something. It means nothing to me. Well, and eventually I grew out of action figures like a lot quicker than I think other little boys. But like there was a great it's a great tip of the spear for how your imagination could be. I mean, I don't know. Looking back at like how I wanted to play with action figures compared to like other people my age. I'm not surprised that I grew up to be the person I grew up to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, just just that moment where they just all show up. It's like, oh, fuck, this is the scene we all wanted. And it's so earned. Doesn't I mean honestly the movie could have ended right there for me, you know, it would have been perfect. Definitely. All right. Well, any complaints? I I, I don't know if I'm fully there yet. I mean, like, it's the hero's movie and it's complicated. The one thing that I still kind of wrestle with is is how much of the personality, if you could call it that, we had of Thanos in the first one. And then that Thanos is gone and it's a different Thanos and he's like talking, but like to me, he just became like another one of the like poorly drawn out Marvel villains. Also, these movies are very good. I don't know if this is a complaint. They're very good about like 
let's create a thing that suddenly is gospel canon that's just revealed in this movie. So, like, you know, Thanos and his whole 50% thing never came up before Infinity War, like in the you know 12 movies he appeared in. Mm-hmm. But that, that worked. And then this one, it's like when you when you do use the gauntlet, like it fucks you up. They kind of saw that in the previous one. Eh. Like you saw it was all fucked up for you. So I'll, I'll, I'll say they kind of set that up. I mean, which should be because they did write both these scripts at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm still I'm still processing the rest of my flaws. There's there's little bits and details that I don't think totally work out. Like you said, I mean, I feel like we'll be studying the interactions and how the, the pieces get there for a while because um, it's an impressive feat. OK, well, I have a few complaints as cool. is my won't. Um, I just I feel like they did my girl Natasha wrong. I know it makes like story logic sense and you can kind of take it apart and understand that like it had to be her and not Hawkeye for these reasons. Yeah. But uh, Hawkeye should have died. Like, I feel like the yeah. reason Hawkeye didn't die is because you were already killing Tony. And so that's one fatherless family that's going to be left at the end of the movie. So you can't do two because then it's like too many fatherless families. So it's like, sorry, Natasha, you got to die. Cause Hawkeye has got to be able to come home to his kids. That's how it felt to me. Especially Hawkeye. Who's like, dark yeah up, bringing some real baggage home oh, I didn't yeah, mention I, it, I but totally did you happen Plus, to notice that that was like a super long tracking shot for like his like samurai fight there oh with uh one of my favorite actors of all time yeah yeah, yeah. hero hiroki yeah. or the sonata i think yeah i love that guy a little bit tight cast, but yeah love that guy he's in my power rankings um yeah i mean like it's garbage plus this was the first moment too where i was like I know she has a movie. Well, like, yeah, that <laughs> like casting her movie. So I, Why I, are we doing this? I have three big problems. He has a with TV it. show. He, she has a movie. Why are we doing this? Yeah, well, I have three big problems with it. Number problem number one is she's my favorite Avenger. Problem number two is the way it was executed felt very slapdash and almost like sped up to me. Like it was basically the same way Gamora died, only like mm. faster. Like it's it, once she's falling, you know. Like Gamora got like this slow mo shot of her falling. Nat didn't even get yeah. that. It was just like boom, she's dead. Moving on, and it was well, it yeah, just, it's like, just it felt body. it felt yeah. way too much of a pastiche of the way Gamora died that you're just expecting her to come back because it's like they they spent almost nothing on that. So seemingly she like she has to come back, right? And then number three, she has to come back because she got a movie coming out, and then mm-hmm. it's like, what is it going to be a fucking pure prequel now? Like with no stakes? That's boring. So for those three reasons, it annoys me. I mean, maybe they'll work something where it's like no Hulk snap actually worked. But she came back missing her memory somewhere else. Who knows what? I don't know. But Hey, kids, if, are you curious about who Ivan is? If that movie is a pure prequel, eh, not that interested. I'll, I'll see it for sure because I like the character, but that's like, what a downgrade. Well, I'll put this way. So talking about the, the TV shows and the announced properties coming from after this, the Loki show got more interesting to me. I have to say the Hawkeye training, like Cape uh, is it Cape Bishop. Mm-hmm. Like that's interesting regardless, but now that we know he's alive, I don't want the prequel for, for Blackwood. I want, you know, something present day with, you know, nods to her past, but like is WandaVision also a prequel? Like, see, I have a theory that Shuri is going to rebuild vision without okay. the stone. Hmm. And, and then he's like the, the white version of vision. Well, and I want to say he's had his like memory slash personality wiped a few times in the comics. Mm-hmm. So like her 
essentially like taking custody of like a of a very erudite like sex toy that that she yeah. used to be in with. Um, though is that too much? Like whatever's going on with Gamora now? Uh, I, I guess it depends on how they play. I still think WandaVision's a weird title. I would just call it Scarlet Witch and the Vision. Mm. Also, why is the one show still called like uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon or Falcon and Winter Soldier? Like, yeah, I guess we'll have to see about that. Um, yeah. Other complaint: I thought there was a little bit too much comedy in places, mostly with Thor and like the Thor weight gain. Like at a certain point, and maybe it's just the audience I was with. Like every time he appeared on screen, people just start cracking up. Ha ha ha! He's fat, and it's like after a while, it's like okay we get it. Like I kind of wanted him to like drink some serum that like Freya gave him. And she's just like, you know, that'll make you skinny for now or something. Just like to get the joke out of the way. It was like, I was kind of tired of it. Not that like he has to be skinny, but like I was sick of the, the humor undercutting everything every time he's on screen. There is a part later where he's offering out his hand to someone. And I don't think we're supposed to go back to the joke, but people laugh. The way they shoot that, though, yeah. his hand is right in front of his big gut. Yeah, um, and, and the whole audience starts cracking up, and it's like not really like a comedy moment, or at least it shouldn't be. Yeah, that that kind of got old after a while. Like the if the joke is that he's just going through this huge breakdown, and part of that is he's not taking care of himself, and he's putting on a little weight, and he's like in his Lebowski phase. That's interesting, but yeah, like you're right, it starts to veer. Like this is where the claims of like fat shaming. I I'm like, well. It is kind of hard for the movie to defend itself against that, considering where it's going. Other than that, I really do like the depiction the, of the idea how is good. failure, like where his arrogance has has led him and his failure. Um, I just wish there was all- like a like a month long break somewhere in there where it's like he got in shape. You know? And you know the guy who like he can't get his fucking shit together on the mission. Yeah. Even if that is the story and that's the point, like that, that always just does annoy me, you know? Yeah. The, the pairings work there, like putting him with Rocket for that, I thought was interesting. Uh, one finer, minor, it's not really a complaint, but like it would have been neat if they could have brought Quicksilver back. Maybe just on like a, a time travel thing or something like that. Obviously, he didn't fit into any of those timelines, but I don't know. I would have liked it. I liked Quicksilver. Hmm. Anyhow. I mean, you could have had, I mean, you could have had him a vision, you could have had him with, with uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. All right. Well, just kind of general discussion. Uh, what do you want to talk about with this movie? I feel like so. I have, I have it broke down somewhat in my notes by scenes that I remember and and topics. So mm-hmm. I should probably try to do this. I guess Go somewhat chronological the movie. So the first scene, minor note. I do love that they, they they definitely show you the Hawkeye is wearing the ankle monitor. Yeah. Um. Also, the first time he's actually called or anyone is actually called Hawkeye. Is it? Yeah, I mean, he's called the Hawk in the Avengers. They never movie. say Hawkeye. I feel like it's got to be on screen, maybe or something. I don't know. Um, also, that's the director's daughter as mm-hmm. as his daughter. Um, also, the other little detail I like: you can hear a little bit of thunder in the distance when the snap has yeah. happened. It's like in Wakanda. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, like, um, uh, yeah you're mentioning yeah, you're- the uh, the ankle bracelet. It's like continuity porn. Like, I mm-hmm. I wish more endeavors had that sort of continuity where they remembered. Yeah. Um, the little bit with like Tony Nebula playing paper football. I don't know. Uh, like if I had like a top 15 moments, that's probably in there. Um, but holy fucking shit. Karen Gillan is awesome. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Like she's directing movies now. Way to go. Amy Pond. Big, like, big role in this movie too. 
Yeah, and but I think I think some of these characters beyond the original six Avengers are so smart. And just a little details. Like the Russo brothers, I think, are incredibly smart. And the the McFeely and the other one. Marcus like, McFeely, yeah. Yeah, like um were the I believe they were the creators of the Agent Carter TV show. But like using Peter Quill essentially the least of all the guardians mm. i think is very smart <laughs> I, I love the bit with war machine where he's just like so he's an idiot yeah a lot of don Cheadle in this movie which i'm never going to complain about he's always yeah. fun yeah um and little these i mean like i think we all have a certain canon for movie version of captain marvel and which way she goes um i think in the oh, comics like the coding machine, the coding was over the top yeah, yeah. Um, I think Great in the comics, like her and War Machine are are an item, and I think you get a nice little like rapport. Though in general, I take it as they're both military people, so yeah. they would they would get each other. That makes uh, sense, but I mean, come on, it's. I mean, just as friends, they don't need to be a romantic item. She can absolutely go back to uh, it's Maria, right? I keep wanting to say Monica. Maria, want to say Maria Monica, Rambo, yes, because Monica is the character in the comics. So Although, well, I mean, she could go back, but now it's been. Seemingly, she's been out there a long time. I don't know how, how fresh oh, yeah. that relationship is. Maria's older. I, I kind of wonder Captain Marvel 2 is like, is it Monica is like her full-on sidekick? Like, you know. I feel like years. Brie Larson's yeah. got to be harassing Kevin Feige constantly. Like, let's just let's just make it clear what the uh, situation with Captain Marvel is. Like, let's it's like she could be out. Come on. Yeah. Just start the movie of her on a blind date, a pseudo-blind date with Valkyrie. Um, also... I don't know. I have to assume this is intentional for stupid nerds like me. 22 days in space, 22 movies in the series. <laughs> well, isn't it 23 now or is, is Spider-Man 23? I think Spider-Man is going to be 23, okay. I think. Yeah, don't go to Spider-Man. The Spider-Man movie got a lot more interesting to me now than half of well, Peter Parker's the, class. Yeah, disappeared it's five the, years. the logistics of, of like what is the world like? Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe that's why it's just like, fuck this, I want to go on vacation. Yeah, but again, so many great callbacks there on the Benatar. Like, just when his message, the it's you. It's always been you. Um, I did kind of like the delivery of that better in the trailer than in the final movie, but that's fine. The also somewhere like in the, at the end of my top moments, when they get back to Earth, there's just this great moment where Nebula and Rocket hold hands and don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, incredibly powerful. God, Karen Gillan is so good in this movie. <laughs> um. I love like, the just the devastation of the the snapping, you know, especially after they go kill Thanos and then it's just five years later. Fuck. Yeah. It's just like, oh, the first hour of this movie is just the leftovers. Yeah, but like I, I get the impression this is like maybe more hardcore than even that was. I mean, numbers wise, yeah, for sure. But I I mean, like, is this like the emotional impact upon the world? I mean, uh, I guess I mean, you, sh- more. you should struggle through the first season of rest of Leftovers to watch the rest of the show. Um, what's with, with the earthquakes? I'm very curious about that. Is that like a Namor thing or something? I don't know. I mean, but seemingly the earthquakes are happening on other planets as well. So it's like, what what is it about losing 50% of the population is causing well, is that? It, is it earthquakes or is it just other shit going down on other planets? That's, that's I how know. I read that. So yeah, I mean, five years forward, it's an interesting world. Seemingly on that one street, no one's picking up the fucking trash. Um, what kind of properties lost? What kind of properties inherited? What's the distribution of wealth? Seriously. Um, when people do return five years later and their, their loved ones return, it's like, oh, I'm sorry that I married your best friend. Uh-huh. You know, like all that shit. 
again, the Peter Parker stuff is going to be really interesting. Thank God, uh, Michelle and Ned. <laughs> I think you just got to say all all the important people got snapped. So yeah. they're all just back in high school again. It's not oh, weird. Well, for certainly all of the New York Netflix heroes got snapped. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like um, like Peter, Ned, Michelle, uh, Flash Thompson, all the teachers. Let's just say everybody got snapped. Now they're back and just pretend like they're in high school again. Well, like I, I wonder like, Whatever we whatever's happening with the Joan Hall Mysterio character, was he not snapped? You know, like like what's what's the bounce back there? You know, because I mean, uh-huh. Nick Fury is in that movie and he was snapped. Yeah, um, like culture, politics, religion. How do they adapt to the of the world being gone? How does Christianity fold Thanos into their whole mythos? I had his religion even. I mean, yeah, I don't know, watch the leftovers. I guess if you want to see how but, that plays how out. Much, but 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 with a superhero movie world. Yeah. And a supervillain, like how much does the rest of the world even fully understand? I'm kind of surprised that anyone would even want to go to Captain America's like group therapy session. They're just like, fuck you. Yeah, seriously. Why aren't they just there to like throw trash in his face? But I mean, like, how is how much of that is declassified? How much do they know and understand what happened? Like, but I, mean, I feel much- like with 50 percent of the population gone, you're like, fuck classification. Fuck you. But I mean, like, is there just like a news report where they're just like, so there's these things called infinity stones. Like, uh-huh. Sit down, folks. Yeah. This is going to take some time to explain, <laughs> you know, like, like, because you have to be like this, this purple scrotum chin motherfucker snapped his fingers and that's why your loved ones are gone. Um, but like, is Cassie Lang being taught about infinity stones in school after all this? Probably not. It, I don't think they had really that much knowledge of it. Um, the, yeah. Who knows what they would have made of it? Don't we hear something about how the whale population is increasing? Uh, Steve says that when he comes in to talk to Nat, yeah. But like, when the whale populations have been depleted by fifty percent, and now they're increasing. But he's he's saying he saw whales in the Hudson, which you wouldn't normally see, but it's cleaner okay. because there's less people. Yeah. Um, I'm also very curious about climate change. Was there a depressive baby boom? We did it. We salted it. <laughs> just gonna uh-huh. murder half of humanity. Uh, real quick, just before the the, the time jump, the uh-huh. the way they take out Thanos, that was a nice little hardcore moment there. They just cut his head off. Yeah, this is a movie for kids. I mean, they cut his arm off, then they cut his head off. It's great. Oh yeah, it's like it's like Thor's like I watch all those fucking videos criticizing me for what I should have done. <laughs> I'm doing it. Um, Wait for the head. But it's just interesting to think of how the world would settle, and then when 3.5 billion people suddenly come back to the planet. Yeah, what happens? And there's like the stupid logistics. Like, what if you were on an airplane when you snap? Like, where do you return? Whatever. Um, you just fall and die. Rough. And then what did, how did you feel about the director cameo when Captain America has his one gay friend? I thought it was fine. I know there's been some kind of interviews and articles about that. I guess it depends on like the, the interview that was done. Was that an interview where somebody's gloating about how progressive they are? Or was it more that somebody just asked them that question in the midst of a different interview? And they said that, you know, because I think that kind of colors how you take that is like, are you guys really patting yourselves on the back about this? Or did somebody just happen to ask you about it? And so you gave that answer because it's like, mm-hmm. that's that's great. It's, uh, you know, it's not enough. You're not done, you know, with your representation. Like it's better than not having any, but it's uh, a very, very small step. It was a very weird scene for me because I immediately recognized the director. I did too. Yeah. Cameo. Um, it's It's long. I, what I like about the scene is that this sorry, I got a cat bump the microphone. This could have very well been like a heterosexual person talking about their relationship. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like I like that it wasn't. It was just very straightforward. Um, there should be a lot more of that. But then you know we can also have 
actual main named characters in the movie too, not be yeah. straight, you know. But it was interesting because like, at first part I thought like this is so long to not have a huge impact on the movie, and then I think like is this really like the Rosetta Stone of getting us through this first act? Is this really like setting the tone? Because you know, Cat Steve Rogers makes a speech immediately about like, hey man, you just got to find a way to make yourself whole again, and then he goes sees his buddy Black Widow, and he's just like, I'm fucked up still. I'm yeah. really fucked up still. And she's just like same. Yeah. Also, uh, Jim Starlin, the creator of Thanos, is one of the people there in. Uh, oh, okay. Which is cool. Uh, I had a note about Captain Marvel. I didn't want to lose here. Let me scroll back. Captain Marvel reminds me, I think, in this movie, because I think that's after seeing the Captain Marvel movie, which is a movie with a lot of flaws. I mean, it's a fun, entertaining movie, but I think it's not. It's certainly not perfect. But like, I think you're really excited about Carol showing up and like the ties that she'll turn in this movie. And in a way, I felt like she was kind of like the dragons from Game of Thrones. It's like her role was not insignificant, but mm-hmm. she doesn't do as much as you might thought. She I mean, it do. makes sense. She's a brand new character. She's, you know, the actor is going off to shoot her own movie. So they, mm. they weren't going to have her in it that much. I thought it was a good amount. Um, I'm anxious to see more. I know some people are like, oh, she's too overpowered. She's Superman. But like Superman movies, theoretically, and in the past have been good. Like, the power it's it's an all in how you portray the conflict where the power doesn't solve the problem you know mm-hmm. like there's a lot of interesting stuff you can do with a character who's essentially superman and like indestructible and still have an interesting compelling story like it doesn't all have to be like well she can you know punch the other guy harder therefore it's not interesting well the amount of power isn't isn't even really the issue because i mean it's essentially the same thing you have with a Captain America movie. Here's this right and true moral person who's mm-hmm. like, you know, pretty fucking badass and tough. And it's like, okay, but what's interesting about them? You know, yeah. and they find it with Steve Rogers. Yeah, if they, they can do it with Steve, they can do it with him. Yeah. Um, I love the two community cameos. Uh, Shirley and Chang showing up. I'm surprised they never got uh, Gillian uh, Jacobs. Jacobs or uh, what's his yeah, face? She's, yeah. she's, she's the only one of the Greendale 7 to not appear. Like, did, they, uh, did they get Winger in there? Yeah, he's in. Oh shit, which one is he in? He's in something. I need to look that mm. up. He's in. He's been in something in there. Um, also, Ken Jeong's reading a J.G. Ballard novel, which is mm. interesting touch. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the fucking articles. Thank God the rat touched the button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ant Man. I like the scene with him looking for his daughter's name on the the big monument there, and then finding his own. That's a nice little touch. Well, because I like Paul Rudd a lot. And I don't care to talk about like how much he looks like his age or not, but like he's kind of the the the, the goofy character. He's, he's the audience insert kind of just there to make jokes and you know, like yeah. I I peed my pants. I don't know if it was baby me or old me. Someone peed my pants. You know, but like having a scene where like there's like there's a human fucking drama for him, even for a second, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Stark is an interesting character because he's his recurring motif for some of these movies is just wanting to sleep or wanting to talk about his dreams. There's a little therapy session in uh, Iron Man three. Yeah. Yeah. But like, uh, uh, you know, in infinity war, he names their daughter by having a dream about a kid and Pepper's grandfather. Yeah. Well, at the time he's talking about, we're going to have, we should have, I think he's implying it'll be a son named Morgan. I don't remember the Morgan part, I guess. Yeah, well, so it's 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 going to be named after Pepper's like grandfather or uncle or whatever, who was named Morgan. Okay. It's very briefly mentioned before Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, in Infinity War, show up. Yeah. Um, 
but there's there's nice little movie touches with this movie. Like there, these guys are skilled filmmakers. Like he figures out time travel at, after like looking at that picture of him and Peter Parker together. They're not idiots. They have that picture of Howard Stark right behind it. He figures he it out it real fast. Yeah. He doesn't need to pick up the picture of Howard Stark. It's like it's there in the back of your mind. So I mean, you're it, not that surprised when he deals with Howard Stark. The movie definitely does a really good job of building that connection between him and Peter Parker. Like mm-hmm. I think they're like when they like hug when Peter comes back. That was another, you know, didn't mention if that was another big moment. Well, it's like to the point where does it even matter that Harley shows up? <laughs> you know, like he's he's been an integral and like like uh, inspiring a lot of the, like the youth of tomorrow or whatever it's like well really you just need the peter of it all i don't know whatever um yeah the thor stuff like i l- also i love how like super blonde thor from the beginning of the mcu has gone like dirty blonde like jamie targaryen <laughs> i wonder if they it was like a mandate that they wanted his hair long again i think he looks way better with short hair but yeah i don't know maybe they're just like thor's supposed to have long hair so we're gonna go back to it just as long as it looks better than he did in the first Thor movie, right? I mean, I mean, his like kind of like crazy Viking like beard braid thing that was a look, yeah, it's definitely a look. Um, you know, I've never complained about having like Korg show up again. Oh, yeah, Korg and Meek. I've never complained about that. Um, the song that they're playing when they travel to New Asgard, I believe, is a kink song called Supersonic Rocket Ship, which kind of made it feel like I was watching a Wes Anderson movie for a second, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and it makes sense that so new Asgard's in Norway, right? Which, um, is interesting because I think that's where they go to find Odin and he's just like, any place could be mm-hmm. Asgard. This place could be Asgard. Yeah. I just annexed it. Sorry, Norway. Yeah. Um, but you know, like Luke Skywalker, Thor will learn that failure is the greatest teacher. Like what if Luke had a huge beer gut in last Jedi? It's funny how many parallels you can kind of draw between the, this and infinity war in the last Jedi and like, see like, what fans like how they respond really positively in one franchise, but not in another when they're doing mm-hmm. like really similar stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I will say for the physique issue, I'm pretty pleased that like when he gets on that ship with the Asgardians of the galaxy, like he's still got the gut. Yeah, it's fine. I just, I wish it didn't become such a humor beat that like, I felt like it, it was happening when maybe it wasn't supposed to or intended, you know? Well, plus I was really, really pleased with the moment that, uh, Hemsworth had in infinity war Mm -hmm. where it was like, he finally had a moment to be like, fuck, I've lost my father and my brother and half my people, you know, like you got to like really fucking freak out for a moment there. It's like, we just found out he's a great comedian, but like there's a real emotional stakes to Thor. And so this is a very interesting carryover from that, but like just playing him as like a weird drunk the whole time hurts it a little bit but uh the most egregious somebody's put on weight to show issues and then they suddenly lose it to get back to status quo is again Battlestar galactica <laughs> yeah. when uh is it apollo, apollo he has a beard. yeah and the next start of the next episode he's like at the gym and he's like remind me to never do that again and he like moves the towel away and it's just like abs yeah and i was like fuck you <laughs> Battlestar galactica um whatever we say that as we're both stroking our proceedings. I, I love the uh the bit where first the benatar lands and like completely blows away ant-man's taco <laughs> and then uh and then war machine lands and just like he completely crushes the shell and then very nice underrated moment maybe should have put this on my list where uh hulk comes by and he's just like oh here's some two, two tacos for you ant-man yeah 
Also, Hulk just turned into like a nice happy giant. This iteration of Hulk, I fucking adored. I mostly loved it. Um, yeah, just him being like happy and jolly and like taking pictures. Like it's uh, maybe too extended the beat, but when they're in the diner, it's like it take goes, a maybe goes on a little too long. But yeah, it is very funny. Um, this was this was great because I always enjoyed. I never really read like Hulk comics, but the few that I read were like the Peter David where Hulk was Hulk yeah, and yeah. he had Banner's brain. Um, and he's like just this like gentle, sweet giant. Like this was great. Um, yeah. I was never a fan of the Natasha Bruce romance at all, as you can mm-hmm. listen to in previous episodes. But I did like the way that the Marcus and McFeely, when they kind of took over, they kind of pivoted into more of just like a an X or a close call type thing, whatever. Like I liked the way they wrote Natasha and Bruce, where it was like, yeah, there was you know something there for a, a blink and you miss it moment. And they acknowledge that, but it's not like they're like trying to get back together, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't like the the great lost love. Yeah, know? it's not. Not yeah. Um, I appreciate what they're doing. Not a huge Hawkeye fan. Um, so this was all fine. I, I get where they're going. Um, I like the reversal of of Black Widow. I mean, she's would not you say, she's my favorite, but she's like definitely like second or third favorite Avenger for sure. Would like you her say, rescuing him from the dark life? Yeah. Would you say this version of Hawkeye is better or worse than like the the usual Hawkeye? This is this has definitely got a lot more potential. Yeah, I um, think I think Jeremy Renner is usually better when he kind of looks like he's been punched in the face a few times, and it's like it's you know some rough shit has happened, like. You know what I mean? Like the kind of like weird stoic Hawkeye he played or like his like Peter Brandt in Mission Impossible. Like it, that never I don't think that's a good use of no. uh, Jeremy Renner. No, um, like being a little bit dorky, too, because Hawkeye is a little bit of a dorky dude. Um, but it, like I, you can't just drop that, though. Like that's the yeah. thing, too. It's like, you know, that was a kind of like the necessity thing, too, is that his wife can immediately pick up her cell phone. Yeah, really. Because it's her caller ID that calls him, and she's like, "Oh my God, what's happened, Clint?" And it, like, when he goes home, though, he goes home as like a hardened killer. Like, "What's up, babe? I've killed two hundred and fifty." You just leave that out of it, you know? What'd you yeah. do? I, uh, I, I I went out and saw the world. Yeah, I uh, I think his probably best moment in the entire MCU is uh, when he's locked up in Civil War and he's just going, "The futurist, everyone!" Like, I feel like yeah. that was like the one moment where it's like, "Hey, let's have let's allow Hawkeye to have a personality." Yeah, and he's like throwing all that shit at Tony Stark. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I like the two of them just laughing it up in the spaceship. Like, this is a long way from Budapest. Because I, I I hope they never pay that off. I don't no, want to no. know what happened in Budapest. No, because I mean, I don't know if they did enough with playing with the thing that they shouldn't ever pay off, but I I do still remember that line of mm-hmm. uh I think you remember Budapest a lot differently than me. Yeah. <laughs> um so before they go back in time, they're eating ice cream at one point. I couldn't tell if it was the Stark raving hazelnut. Oh, yeah, I didn't notice. I, I uh, really like the shot where it's like they're strategizing and it's like Nat and I think Tony and it might be Cap. I'm not sure who the other person is. It might be, uh, well, it can't be Ruffalo. Um, three of them are just like laying on the table mm-hmm. and they're kind of like staring up and she's like, wait a second. Like, you know, the three stones were in New York at a single time. I, just, I love the the physicality of that where they're just like lying around. That was so much fucking fun. Like, I just love the way they handled the time travel and just the, the, cause you have a bunch of scientists and smart people mm-hmm. and like just doing that, like, okay, let's brainstorm. 
what do we know about these events? Okay, what can we, you know, just like it's, I think you keep thinking like, oh, they're going to somehow get the time stone. And it's like, I love that it's completely different in a, in a fascinating, weird way. Um, would, would I don't it, know what um, you, sorry, go ahead. I would say when I saw the picture of Natalie Portman at the premiere, I kind of had a feeling she had a cameo. I was wondering. Yeah, I, I am pretty sure. And I think this is what you're talking about earlier. I'm pretty sure that that is old footage from the dark world. Oh, I, it's, it is. She, I, all she did was voice work. Yeah. She has like, like one line of voice work, I think, but still. I, I kind of wish that she had like an actual line where you can see her face, but I don't know. It would have been really funny to actually see Rocket like attack her and her just be like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suck the juice out of her yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, would it have been a little too hardcore? Like uh, in the moment I didn't like where, where Nat ultimately dies there, like if they're kind of like fighting each other to like jump and sacrifice themselves and like Hawkeye wins. And he's plummeting down. And so she just like pulls out her gun and shoots herself in the head before he lands. And then like instead of him landing, he just suddenly like, you know, splashes into the water instead. And he's got soul stone. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, like I, I said, I put on my top moments. It, I should clarify. I don't like that she dies. And I don't like the way it's it's like you said, it's cavalier. Like suddenly she's just a dead body. It just goes so quick. Boat. You're like, what the fuck? Is that real? The idea of the two of them, like spy versus spy, like trying Mm -hmm. to one up each other, I thought was fucking great. Um, So my next note is is, the 2012 stuff is just fascinating to me. Just like that fucking like Back to the Future shit where like they're like in the previous movie. Always a big fan of that. And it's just that they that they just went and got fucking everyone. They got Rumlow yeah. back, you know, <laughs> like they, oh, not just Rumlow, not just Sitwell. Yeah. The other fucking weirdo. That dude other dude. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they, they even name check. Um, I can't remember what his the name is Force? now, but or the secretary. Uh, the, first of all, you have, you know, much older Robert mm-hmm. Redford show up, but like they name check the doctor. That's like the lackey. Oh yeah. Zola. Drucker. Yeah. Because I think no, not Zola, not oh. just Zola, but the guy who's there with him in the uh-huh. castle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we had talked about this. I hope we did. We're like, how did they lose the scepter again? It's like, boom! This is how they lost the scepter. <laughs> I feel like this is like the this is like the reveal of something that we never really thought about from those movies. What did you think about the time travel mechanics? It's very controversial, or you know, at least among internet nerds, because it's kind of different from most time travel you see. It makes a kind of sense, but I think some of the stuff I think I think we've all found our way to like neatly package Steve Rogers right into the accepted timeline. You just hand wave it. That's how you do it. You're just, just like, ah, doesn't make just sense. There, yeah, getting old. It's it's what he does after Peggy dies is the curious thing um or like is he just like not in the room when young steve comes to visit her in the hospital whatever um but i mean it's like okay branching timelines well, it's all it's all just alternate timelines so yeah you're never affecting your own past basically i mean there's a there's a timeline out there where essentially gardens of the galaxy never happened mm-hmm. so we don't get to see lee pace yelling um also but yeah back to alexander pierce uh big deal made last year Robert Redford's last movie, yeah. except this one <laughs> went out in a big one. Yeah, but he does. He definitely like he definitely looks, I think, markedly older than he did in Winter Soldier. Oh, he but, sure, for sure does. Yeah, whatever. I mean, the uh, I love the bit where you kind of pick up right after that, like little posing scene at the end of the Avengers. And then I think uh, in 
in period Iron Man actually says, okay, let's stop posing, you know, and it's like, oh, that's what happened right after that scene. You know, I love yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Like, again, just like back to future part two, we're yeah. just in the movie. We're in the previous movie. Um, and the idea of Captain America going back and returning all the stones is fascinating to me. Like, like does Red Skull think like, finally, mm-hmm. I am free of this prison. He's like, no, bitch, here's a stone. See, again. I was kind of thinking at the end, I know I'm skipping ahead, but like when it's like he's going to be back in five seconds, if like Natasha would have shown up instead or something, I was like, will this be how they do it? But no. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. I mean, that's, but see, it's, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be weird if like her Cold War esque spy movie starts of her being resurrected from a mystical stone on an alien planet, but whatever, will it, man. Will it be worse than it's just a prequel? Yeah, this fucking shit. This fucking shit is out of the box. Nothing will ever be the same again. I I'm more excited about a Loki show now that he's like an alternate universe dude who escaped the Tesseract. I don't know. Like it seems very fitting to Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's interesting. I mean, it's weird. Okay, so I hate that that Natasha's been killed. I find it a very interesting way to bring back in Gamora. Yeah, because it's not the same Gamora, and it's. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's probably going to be part of guardians three i would guess is just like this isn't the same relationship anymore you know well in in where are we behind the scenes in relationship to james gunn writes his script uh-huh. he gets fired they're working on these two movies like like presumably what, he already knew about this before he got fired i'm okay. guessing you know and then of course people are going to ask like is the story of a cameo in that etc mm-hmm. i mean nebula is fantastic so two nebulas is even more fantastic um, yeah, and it's the little things. It's like, okay, just you have to get past it. They shot young Nebula. It's an alternate timeline. Old yeah, you just, are- you just have to ignore kind of most time trial movies usually have that causality. This mm-hmm. one just doesn't. It's just all alternate. You can't change the past. And so just go with it. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, the uh, stuff with is it Moroth? Morath? Uh, yeah. Where. Uh, War Machine and Nebula go. That's a fun scene. I like they brought back the music. I mean, it was just such a like a a celebration of like it's like hey everybody, it's greatest hits, but also Thor to the Dark World. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but even I feel like it's like, like that's like, probably like, one of the most iconic moments in the entire MCU is that like opening like song, "Come and Get Your okay, Love." Okay. You know, yeah. But I feel like I like Age of Ultron more than your average Marvel film fan does. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they went heavy at that. Also, it's not just Back to the Future rules; it is Bill and Ted rules. Like yeah. the whole like, oh, I need this thing right now, so I'm essentially making a promise to the universe that at some point in the future I will bring it back. Oh, hey, here I it get, is. I'm gonna go on a limb and say that Bill and Ted's uh, time travel rules are my favorite time travel rules. They're definitely the most um, beneficial to your protagonist. Yeah. Uh, also. I've heard a rumor that I think has to be fucking garbage that I don't, I don't, I think this rumor is so stupid. I hate that they pass it on that, that supposedly Stanley's cameo was as old Captain America. That's bullshit. No, that's, that's dumb. Bullshit. But I like his cameo that he has, especially because he has enough said bumper sticker on yeah. his car. Yeah. It's a good cameo though. I, I'll be honest. I wasn't the hugest fan of that detour to the seventies. I thought, okay. I thought there, it seemed like they had to have one of the plans go awry to just like not make it too easy but mm-hmm. like th- that just felt like a 20 or 30 bit detour that like i would have been okay without it i don't know i guess as you're supposed to see tony talking to his dad i felt like that scene was a little flabby where mm-hmm. it was just it it didn't feel super tight it was 
because maybe it's just because like I wasn't sure if we're supposed to be nervous that Tony's going to get caught or not. But then ultimately mm-hmm. we weren't at all. And so it was just like this kind of like rambling conversation about having kids and stuff. And like, I get why it's there, but like, eh, well, but it. more interestingly is that is the thing that really sets up the end of the two characters. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because I go back and forth as far as a complaint on Captain America's ending here. I actually have two complaints associated with Captain America's ending. Um, one is he spent all these movies basically coming to terms with not getting the girl. out of time. You yeah. know, like the guy who wanted the family went to the ice. A different guy came out. This guy is totally cool being an Avenger. And it's like he goes back in time. He sees Peggy and he's like, fuck it. I, I will. I will bend the universe over just to be with this woman. Um, so back to Thanos. Do we ever see what happens to the other? Um, he might get killed by, um, what's his face? Ronan. Maybe. Okay. okay. I, there's that scene when Ronan and guardians of the galaxy goes to talk to Thanos and he uh, uses his like hammer thing to like twist uh, the dude's head around. That might've been uh, the other there. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's not just dark world. There's plenty of these 22 movies that I don't fully remember. Um, but yeah, I'd like to, there's a Thanos call back to that guy's like they are unruly yeah. and thus cannot be ruled <laughs> it's a, um, a nice morphine of his plan or like i can see that you know wiping out 50 percent didn't work i'm just gonna kill you all and then like remake the universe you know yeah yada 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 for all of you like like oh i wish they did the thing where thanos falls in love with death it's like that's the closest you need to get yeah creeps um and i mean like the little things little things slot into it perfectly like the Hulk being the one, the the callback, the the argument between who's the strongest Avenger. Yeah, Thor thinks it's him. It's actually the Hulk. And like, oh, it's this thing's mostly gamma radiation. It's like yeah. I was made for this. <laughs> uh, I wonder. It's too bad we didn't get the like the scene of Hulk inside the Soul Stone. Maybe that's because he wasn't the one who made the sacrifice that we didn't go to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and, and and is there? Is there more with the Soul Stone, like little girl Gamora? Is there yeah. like a little, little, little Ivan's daughter, you know, strutting around mm-hmm. with her? Um, nice little twist, you know, with Thanos, like almost putting Stonebreaker in a Thor's chest this time. Um, oh, Peter, um, Peter, I was like, Peter Taylor should a real hug as opposed to the fake hug from Homecoming. Yeah, yeah Tony gives him a real hug. One thing we didn't mention the, uh, like the barrage that happens when uh, Thanos like sneaks back into uh, you know 2024 and just like mm-hmm. unloads all his missiles on Avengers headquarters and like yeah. it's completely blown apart and like sunk in like hundreds of feet into the earth but they're all fine. Yeah. Like for, yeah. for when that first happened I was like oh they're all dead and yeah. now like one person survived that we're gonna have to time travel again but like nope they're fine. Okay. Oh wouldn't it have been great if like it probably would have had to have been War Machine, but like if Rhodes was just like cut in half. Ooh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, like he has a moment just to realize when he wakes up that his legs are over there. And they're still moving, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because of the fucking yeah, like gyros yeah. and servos and shit. Because it's all like to his brain, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, oh shit, I wish I hadn't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Peter gets to finally use Exactly like kill. that. He's like, oh, I wish I hadn't seen that. Bah. Peter gets to finally use instant kill, which is cool. Um, I mean, Captain Marvel, like I said, I like her. 
It's interesting because I a lot of stuff I saw online where people are like, oh, she'll just punch Thanos one time and it's over. It's like, no, she holds her own and he is not necessarily defeated by her. But like his punch with the Power Stone is pretty cool. Yeah. Having her like show up and just like take out Sanctuary 2 is Mm -hmm. pretty cool. Um, I I do like the ladies of the Marvel Universe moment. Is it pandering? Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, But it's fun. Just out of curiosity, was that a Borderlands reference to Sanctuary 2? No, that's the name of his ship. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Thanos' ship is called Sanctuary 2. Okay. Um, I like that Thanos, like, after all of his people have been wiped out, like, he just has a bit of a sit, you know, like he did at the end of Infinity War. Yeah, he's he's defeated. He knows it. And I want him it's to the have, last one to go, which fits. Yeah. I want him to have, like, the King of Louisiana ending. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jason Stackhouse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and again, just nice little reversals here. Like Peter gets to stand over Tony's body this time as he dies. Um, Captain America told Tony he's not the guy to make the sacrifice play. Now he is. Pepper were, tells Tony he can finally rest. There was a moment when Peter's coming up to Tony there after the the, the third snap. I like the, the nice three v third third snap. Um, where I wasn't sure if Tony was already dead because he was just kind of staring blankly ahead. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, is he already dead? Or oh, okay, no, he's moving again. Shane, come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like when Bucky and and Steve have their first goodbye, I mean, it's the exact dialogue from First Avenger, like, don't do anything stupid till I get back. It almost seems like Bucky knows he's going to. I mean, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How many fucking crystal clear recollections of conversations do you have to like do callbacks at like momentous occasions? Yeah, they would just be movie quotes probably. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. I could just see where it's like you and I have a tearful goodbye because, well, probably not you. But like let's just say you're going to go like sacrifice your life for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, these pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> um, Yeah. Or uh, TNC. Yeah, so you know, Captain America gets to say his goodbyes to Bucky as he fulfills his destiny as the man out of time. Um, so, okay, so Steve Rogers is probably, I, I mean, I think you can fold him in as as her mysterious off-screen husband. Sure, yeah. It. You know what? It's the if you the less you think about it, the better it works. You know. Well, there's the there's the one line that she has in the video about how. Captain America saved the man who would later become my husband. Sure. I mean, different timelines too. So, you know, it, yeah, none yeah. of it really makes sense. Um, how'd you feel about Falcon becoming the new Captain America? So here's my thing. Um, so obviously in the comics, both those two guys have become mm-hmm. Captain America at different times. I don't have a problem with it, but I feel like Anthony Mackie has been the, so such a minor presence in these movies since really since winter soldier. Like, I think he had a strong debut and then he just kind of, cause I, I feel like winter soldier ended and they thought whatever the third movie is, it won't be civil war. Like there'll be some kind of like, Maybe, yeah. And go hunt down winter soldier. And then civil war worked out. So I just, I don't know if it makes sense in the movies just yet. All I know is I, I stand hard for Falcon. I love Falcon, so I'm happy he got to be it. The Winter Soldier is already the Winter Soldier. Um, I really like Anthony Mackie in these movies. It'll be interesting to see if they give him a lead and like how he handles that as opposed to like kind of like a you know one of the players. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, 
I like his kind of like laconic presence that he brings to the proceedings. He's he has a very different vibe than a lot of the other characters. He's well, very laid for, back. For a guy who's got a lot of darkness in his past from his like war days, mm-hmm. it's like he doesn't bring a lot of that mm-hmm. into it. Um I mean I do think kind of the future of the MCU and, and phase four is team ups. Like mm-hmm. I other than like Spider Man and Black Panther, like you know, it's, let's team up Doctor Strange with somebody else, like one of our other well, even characters. It's, it's like they did Ragnarok. I, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, yeah, like stuff like that. I think it's all going to be team ups from now on. So it won't just be here's the Falcon Captain America movie. It's probably going to be here's Captain America and Blink. You know, which mm-hmm. I think will because you don't have the the massive you know black holes of like Tony Stark or Steve Rogers anymore. That'll probably help it out. You know. Be, you're missing that like that Iron Man charisma, but you, you can kind of cobble it together with a couple different characters. But yeah, after Winter Soldier and after Civil War, I would have said Bucky would make a good Captain America because that was a nice thing about him becoming Captain America in the comics was there was this whole thing about essentially like Steve believed in you so hard and he put his life forward for that belief. Now here's where you you earn it, you know, like you yeah. and the guy who believed in you is gone. So what do you do with yourself? And I just wish we had gotten a little bit more of Anthony Mackie's character in the last few movies. Cause I don't know if either of those two guys, but not as much as he could have been, you know, I, I mean, know. he's, I he's like got he little there. parts in some of the roles in the past movies. He's like, he's there in the background in like infinity war, but I don't know if either of those guys, if they got in the shield, if I would be saying, Oh, it, it makes sense to me now. But like, does is it actually a show called like Winter Soldier and Falcon or Falcon and Winter Soldier or is it yeah, going to um, And Falcon as Captain America was always interesting to me because he's still like he became Captain America, but he still retained like a lot of the Falcon stuff. Like he mm-hmm. still had the wings. Yeah, definitely. He needs them. That's his thing. Uh, I mean, I guess he couldn't do Captain Falcon. So, well, but also, like I said, I, I have no problem with Falcon being captain america but like the bucky thing also makes sense too because he is I just, also super soldier in his robot arm so it's I, like throwing the shield it's like yeah, that seems I, like it's very strenuous i'm just not that into bucky personally i'm fine with him not being captain okay. america well and this this bucky too like he's very like dour in these movies. Yeah. Like there's like, you want to get a couple moments in uh in civil war where he gets to be like funny yeah that's why i feel yeah. like we've had way more falcon than bucky really mm. I mean, maybe not screen time, but just like personality, you know. Uh, anyways, let's. Uh, oh. Yeah, I'm still here. Well, yeah, I think a TV show is a good idea for the two of them together because I, to me, they it feels like they've disappeared because of the big plot. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So the funeral, is that CGI composite of a bunch of people together? I would guess so. Yeah, there is something about the way the it was kind of like a curved lens at the edge of the frame there, like it didn't look quite right. Um, so it's kind like, of the distortion like a- there. Like a motion rigged thing, I take it. He probably, yeah, yeah. Okay. What do you think of uh, uh, DH Michael Douglas in the seventies? It was fine, I guess. I mean, I think most of the time they do the deaging, it looks fine because they don't overdo it. You know, mm. they just they have like a couple scenes and that's it. Other than I guess you know uh, Samuel and Captain Marvel, but that looked fine too. Mm. Um, all right, let's uh, do our make one change and then power rankings. Oh, we'll just say last thing. Mm-hmm. I appreciated the uh, Tony Stark building Iron Man and the the Marvel Cinematic Universe sound effect at the end. Mm, okay. um, I have twenty six. I have twenty, but first make one change. 
Oh, um, I I'm gonna agree with you. I think more fitting resolution for Black Widow. More of a moment. Yeah. Like really, like you should be making people cry at that moment, and I I feel like people were really because it happened so fast. Well, I, I agree with you. It's rushed. It almost feels like it's like. It's like, all right, guys, we've been writing the script for like three weeks. Today's the day. It's on our calendar. We got to pick who who is the sacrifice. Okay, I guess it's Black Widow. <laughs> Let's just shoehorn her in there a little bit. Um, it's not totally shoehorned in. That's not totally accurate. But yeah, it just, I don't know. felt very rushed. <laughs> My make one change, I mean, this is ridiculous, but something I was thinking while watching it the second time was like, this is a three-hour movie. It it feels like it should have been a 10 episode TV show mm. like miniseries. I feel like there is enough material there with all the time high stuff to rather than like, this is essentially like uh, I guess it would work out to about four episodes of a TV show is what this is. Like this could be an eight episode TV series instead, you know, cause it, there are, it, there's, it's very tightly crammed where it's like, I hope you enjoyed that moment. Cause that was, that was it for that little arc, you know. It was like we were just like moving through and kind of like there's so many characters to service that like even as fast as we're going, it's still a three hour movie. I do feel like it would be interesting to see the story told more serialized. Well, I Obviously, they could never though, do that, but I really appreciate though, and I think I messed my first reaction tweet is like you do get the sense though that we in the era of binging, we are spending that's the beauty of the three hours. Uh-huh. Is we get to spend a lot more time dealing the psychology of these characters but yeah and then in the era of the netflix show netflix would love to waste your time for like four episodes right in the middle of that 10 episode show i definitely don't want netflix having anything to do with this tv show no but like like a disney police show or something you know um they would just love to like give you the three episodes that you just didn't need Uh (laughs) again the fucking defenders don't actually meet to episode four that's garbage jesus all right, power rankings. Why don't you give us your 26 through 21? To a certain degree, some of these are totally arbitrary. Oh, just absolutely. Yeah. Go. yeah. 26, Korg. Nice. <laughs> 25, Pepper Potts. Uh, 24, Robert Redford as Alexander Pierce. 23, Hiroyuki Sonata as Akihiko. <laughs> um, 22, Happy Hogan slash Cheeseburgers. 21, Doctor Strange. Uh, do I not even have Doctor Strange on here? That's rough. That's Ooh. the thing. It's like I don't have Wong on here at all. Yeah, I don't have a bunch of guys on here. Um, I like Doctor Strange. I, I I find myself watching that movie a lot. It is in many ways kind of like a, a retread of Iron Man, but I don't know. I like it. Um, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Don't remember I've come to bargain. Number 20, I have Thor. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, twenty. I have the ancient one. Wow. Wait, hold on. You have uh, Thor at twenty? Yeah, I just like I said, the joke just got old to me after a while. Blame okay. it on the audience I was with. They they just fucking ate it up every time. It was like, okay, we get it. Okay. Yeah, twenty. I have the ancient one. It was one of my bigger surprises of of the cameo because it's like holy shit they got the ancient one wow <laughs> but i was like sitting there in my course in my mind i'm watching the movie i'm watching how she interacts with mark ruffalo and it's great and at the same time i'm thinking like 
fuck, what do I remember about the ancient one and like her, her relationship with Stephen Strange and like how she doesn't want to train him and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking like, actually, this all kind of fits. Like the whole reluctance to train him. Oh, and the, the whole like that he'll turn to the dark side. It's like she also knows once he shows up in her life, her days are numbered. Well, and that she's just also, like you're six years too early. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but also I really yeah, and that she knows that exactly. But I also like that the way that they have them interact with time is she can tell you the future only to the point at which she dies. Mm-hmm. Like she has no knowledge of the future past that. I think that's cool. Yeah, number nineteen, I have Gamora. She had a you know a little mini arc because it's like her turning on Thanos again, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like that Nebula was there to help her this time. And mm. I guess we'll just have to see what she's like in the next guardians movie. Fun. Um, especially since she doesn't have to be in love with fucking Peter Quill. Uh, not a fan 19... of Peter Quill. <laughs> no, especially not. After, is that, is that uh, more? You're not a fan of Chris Pratt. I've become an, an increasingly less of a fan of Chris Pratt over the years, but mm-hmm. I didn't really like Peter Quill in um, infinity war. I think the problem is that when you put him in a room with Thor, all the worst elements of that character come out. Yeah, like the insecurity. Yeah, and, and it's like it's not a good look. And it's like, unfortunately, that's stuck in my memory as opposed to any of his cool and or heroic moments. But also, again, it's like he did some shit that fucked up their their thing of Thanos on that planet, on Titan. Mm-hmm. Um, 19, Rene Russo. Um, Frigga. Yeah, it's Frigga. Great return. Kind of a surprise. I mean, like, they're like, holy shit, like, Natalie Portman's character's in this? Oh, fuck, like, there's a whole bunch of Renee Russo. She has more dialogue in this movie than she has in both the first two Thor movies combined. Also, where the fuck has Renee Russo been? Like, Hollywood, get back on the Renee Russo train. Seriously. Uh, We all saw Thomas Crown Affair. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Number 18, Ant-Man. He's fine. He's fun. It's just... It's one of those things where it's like the movie was so serious. I understand why he's there for a joke, but um, I don't know. I feel like he's so lighthearted at times that it's hard to take him seriously. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do I got? 18. I have the whole Wakanda crew. Okay. I, it's It was hard to pick. Like, But like you said, there's the moment where they just all pop up and you're like, fuck yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure, uh, what's his face, Winston Duke is like blinking or missing in this movie. I'm pretty sure yeah, he's, he's there. Like, yeah, but like he doesn't even get like anything really. <laughs> like he gets no yeah. moment. Yeah. Uh, number yeah. 17, I have Valkyrie. Cool to see mm. her back on her Pegasus thing. I don't know. She mm. just, do they breed those in new... Uh, Ask our Great question. Yeah. What the fuck are they doing? Like, like are, I think are they're they, like, making beer. Okay. I like, are they, are they like whaling? Like, what the fuck are the I new Asgardians? I think they're just like, we're Vikings doing? now. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 17. I have Spider Man. Okay. He's in the movie. He is. Yeah. I have him a little bit higher. Uh, sure. 16. I had Pepper. Uh, oh. We got to see her in Rescue. That was fun. We, there's a, like, that cool, like, back to back shot of them. Like shooting their lasers around and stuff. Doesn't she also have some kind of weird floaty thing behind her like he does? Yeah, yeah. She's got some like hit me with the juice and, and I'll like blow you away with like my super gun ray thing. I mean, you're saying that and I'm just like fanning yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, 16, Thanos. 
Oh, I don't even have Thanos on mine. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's it's but you know what I mean? It's a different you know Thanos. What? Thanos got a whole movie, so I'm I'm yeah. honestly pretty fine with it. Well, and I thought his little coda at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. I know there's something about it, like you said, it's that I don't think empathetic is the right word, but there's the emotional part of me and there's the analytical part of me, and there's something still caught there that I can't quite let go of. Um, and I'm trying to remember now, is it is it old Thanos or is it new Thanos, new younger Thanos who says you couldn't get past your failure and that brought you back to me? I think that I is, um, oh God, now I'm not sure. I was going to say old, uh, older Thanos or I mean, you know, uh, our original timeline Thanos, but now I'm not sure actually. Yeah. And so it's like that question like is really bothering me because it, you have a Thanos who just sent you just watched the TV show and got caught up. Okay, hold on a sec. You could not live with your own failure. Uh, okay, so that is uh, time jumping Thanos. That's that's when Tony, Steve, okay. and Thor go to attack him. Which is very strange. The whole born um, out of blood line, which is a weird line from Steve Rogers. Yeah. It's very strange to me. Anyway, so 16 is Thanos. Uh, 15, I have my dude, Falcon. Love Falcon. Love the the way they animate him. He's just kind of like swooping around with his wings out. Um, mm-hmm. He's just a cool visual. And he's Captain uh, America now. Yeah. 15, I have got Gamora. Um, I like Gamora. I, I don't know. It's like she's not in this a bunch. Um, it's kind of paint by numbers. I'm very curious about this Gamora and where she goes. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason she's as low as she is. Yeah. 14, I'd forget. Nice to see her. That was another like, whoa, they just went and got Rene Russo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Had a real moment with Thor there. She's a great part about, so like like on paper, the Thor storyline makes a lot of sense to me and it's really intriguing. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's probably like like you said it's the least well executed of all of it, um because I I know I don't think Hemsworth is like super great in the first two Thor movies or because he's it's mm. mostly the material yeah like he's great in Ragnarok because he gets to show his comedic side he's great in the first Infinity War because he gets to show the drama of of surviving all that shit I wish we got a little bit more somewhere in the mix well this this of- is where the uh, the ten episode miniseries could have helped that because you just don't yeah. have time yeah like um, the breakdown of the breakdown anyway what, what is it uh, the frigga says she says i was raised by witches or something like that that was a pretty cool yeah. line oh and just her absolute emphatic like i don't need to know the future yeah uh, it doesn't matter to me um also renee russo looks like she walked right out of dark world <laughs> which some of the other actors can't say that yeah yeah uh robert redford cannot say that what do you think do you think cap took thor's hammer back He's like, yeah, I'm he just going to drop this off because I know he took it with him. But like, was he taking it back to be like, oh, here you go. I think they're implying that. I guess so. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So my number 14 is Ant-Man. Okay. Um, I like him to a point. And then he's just this kind of twee comic relief. Yeah. That, uh, I don't want Ant-Man to become Peter Quill. Let me put it that way. I don't think he will. To me, Ant-Man is like actually like a really kind of family friendly franchise, like yeah, mini franchise. Yeah, yeah. Like it's kind of like maybe you wouldn't take your kid of a certain age to see infinity war, 
but they mm. could go see Ant Man. You know, it's a little more lower stakes. And it's just Ant Man. Ant Man feels like a very cute Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Uh, number thirteen. I have the ancient one. Uh, just really well executed character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, thirteen. I have Scarlet Witch, who's not in this movie nearly as much as I would like, but uh, I've always got to give it up for uh, Super Bad Elizabeth Olsen. She's she's great. I'm I'm more intrigued about seeing the further adventures of Scarlet Witch than I am Vision. Though I I don't dislike Vision or Paul Bettany at all, but uh, yeah. All right. And again, the promise of like she gets to have her payback with Thanos. I mean, they could have done a lot more there. You just, it's it's crazy how long that. It's like everyone gets a, it gets a taste. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, number twelve had Black Panther. Uh, mm. Just his his reentry there. What a moment! Like uh, mm. it, like I said, I just it felt like it made sense for him to come out first and. Uh, for him, I think he's the one who takes the gauntlet from Hawkeye, uh, and he has like a cool little action scene as he's run with it. Uh, I think he takes it from. I thought he takes it from uh, Peter Parker. I thought Captain Marvel took it from Peter Parker. Maybe Someone. she shows up and she's like, "You got something for me." So, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, Twelve. I've got War Machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, in retrospect, like. I think I was surprised when uh, they brought in War Machine. Not brought him in Civil War, but like how much like he's been on the fringes, like to be an Avenger and to be in the Avengers, like so early in this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and what a great recasting there, Don Cheadle. Oh, seriously, Don Cheadle's great. Um, I think I, meant, I brought this up to you before. I am totally fine with like Iron Man four, and it's just uh, like Rhodes becoming Iron Man, you know, or something, sure, or or yeah. just. Being War Machine in a in an Iron Man esque armor and like interacting with maybe Pepper or whatever. All Stark I know is I want I want U.S. Agent in the West Coast Avengers. We should at some point we should sit down and try to like uh, do our casting for U.S. Agent and Wonder Man. Uh, let's yeah. see, number eleven at Spider Man. Okay. Uh, some of these, I'm, maybe I'm just ranking them by like the the audience cheer, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's nice to see him. He had his big moment with Tony. Uh, he got to meet Captain Marvel. That was fun. Mm-hmm. I like Spider-Man. Far From Home looks fine. Looks fun. Um, probably more excited to see Zendaya than anyone else. But like now I'm very intrigued by Far From Home. See, I was like, not the hugest fan of uh, Zendaya in the first one. We'll see. No, like, not in the first one, but I'm a Zendaya fan. And so like okay. as they progress her, I'm very curious about that. But just now this movie sounds very intriguing. Like we've all been since yeah, seriously five years, and now we're on a European vacation. I mean, I, I liked Michelle at the end of uh, Homecoming. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. like in the first half of that movie, she just looks like she's stoned or something. Like, I don't know. I, I know what they're trying to do. They're kind of like, how can we do an MJ face a tiger type scene or whatever but but like in a new way and so they had to kind of keep her in the background but i did i found her character in the start of that just kind of like i don't know just kind of blah but don't well, she actually they, like like started to develop more of a personality at the end of the movie she was a lot better there making her the exact opposite of what's her name who was like all glammed up all the time yeah um so their love interest uh my number 11 is rocket raccoon i Again, the characters they do focus on from Guardians, I think they made the right choice. Rocket, uh, Drax when he's there, Nebula, um, 
and Gamora are the, the very, very interesting characters. I had the right amount of tracks in this movie. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Well, it, you know what? They it, when you combine these two movies together, plenty of Drax. Yeah, Drax is Drax is a funny guy. You don't need a ton of Drax. Yeah, um, you know. Number ten, I had Scarlet Witch. Love Scarlet Witch. Every time I see her like use her power, it's like that. That's what Phoenix should look like. Like that's what Jean Grey should yeah. look like. I'm sorry you keep fucking it up, Fox, but that's it. That's the stuff right there. At this point, it's like, why even bother this Dark Phoenix movie? <laughs> also, it. this New Mutants movie, is this ever coming out? Who even knows? Um, number 10, I have Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not bad. You know, I don't I don't show up to, like, bury Hawkeye. Um, he's he's this high because he's this prominent in the movie. Um, I just don't... Hawkeye just doesn't resonate with me like he does for other people. Does he with the, anyone? The haircut, the tattoos, whatever. I think there are weird Hawkeye people. Or are there people who are like, everyone stop getting up on Hawkeye. And it's like, bless. Good for yeah, you. Good for you. Yeah, I've got him at nine just because. I don't even know why. Um, probably should have like Doctor Strange there. Mm. Um, at number nine, I've got Valkyrie. Um, she has such a small role in this movie, yet I was just so excited to see her. And also... Very curious about her becoming queen of New Asgard, and if they bring back Taika Waititi and they do Thor four, like you gotta work in Valkyrie and Korg, please. Yeah, I mean, you'd think they'd be able to. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh yeah, eight. Yeah. War Machine. Um, just Don Cheadle, like such great casting to have a character. He he's never going to get a ton, but Don Cheadle's a good enough actor that like. Even in his small moments, he just brings like a great, unique personality to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, number eight, I have Thor here. Okay. Um, you know, for all the reasons I've already mentioned, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I think we covered Thor. Yeah, I don't expand. Yeah, number seven, I have Nebula. Uh, she is a lot of fun in this movie. She kind of gets... Like Gamora got like a ton, I thought, in Infinity War, and then of course she died. Um, but mm-hmm. Nebula really got a like more. I feel like she got more attention than this than even in like Guardians of the Galaxy too. You yep. know, like I feel like we understood her in her kind of uh, her thawing of her her anger and whatnot. You know, a lot better. Well, and I think you knew she's in the movie and she survived. And I think you, I went in this movie thinking, oh, she'll just be on the fringes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just having her be part of the team, having her be an Avenger essentially is great. Um, the seven, yes, Captain Marvel. All right, yeah, I've got her. Six. I mean, I mean, of course, it's 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 Carol. She's she is Azor as I. She is the princess promised to us. Um, it's interesting to watch her. Just you have that post credit scene from the end of Captain Marvel, which you don't even see in in anywhere in this movie. She's just there. They know who she is. She's obviously explained who she is off screen to people. They accept her. You see her at different phases. You see her her costume change with no explanation. It's like she's just a part of this world now, and I'm glad. And I, I kind of want to see more of how she fits into this larger Marvel universe, like with these characters, not just like her off doing space shit. Yeah, I dug the short hair. I think that's a better look than the mohawk look. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just I can't wait to see how she fits in. I didn't think her movie was great, but I thought the characters in it, like her and uh, Nick Fury, like 
they did good work, even though the plotting of the movie was kind of, yeah, you know. Mm. Well, and, and just Brie Larson is great. Yeah. All right, and you're number six. Morgan Stark. Mm, okay. I really like that. The the little actor who played Morgan Stark, I, I thought she's great. I thought she's the right amount of adorable and precocious, and, and she's Tony Stark's daughter, and it is kind of heartbreaking that this little girl has lost her dad. And I don't know if we're ever going to see this character again, but um, Marvel's just done really good with her and like young Cassie Lane mm-hmm. from the Ant-Man movies. They've done a really good job at casting some of the young actors. Uh, the boy that you hate in Jurassic World, Harley, I think is not bad at all. Like he's pretty good. At oh, Iron is that Man. his fucking name? Okay. That's the character's name. Yeah. Yeah. Harley. Yeah. You said Harley earlier. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going to go yeah, with it. Yeah. Um, um, I think he does well to like not look at all like he looked like three or four years ago because I didn't recognize him. So kudos for that. Did you have to look him up? Or did you find one of those I, articles where they're like, who's the mysterious boy at the funeral? I'm not sure how exactly I found it. I, mean, I just saw it on Reddit because like there's probably at least 10,000 comments on like the Reddit thread right now. That's just like, who is that kid? And then like somebody's like, it's the guy from Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. But in the, in the Morgan Stark is also... She works so well, essentially, because she is the thing that conveys, listen, guys, I know we could just go back in time and change things, but I'm not about that. Well, I'm she, about she gives bringing the, everything to 2023. She gives the interesting stakes there of, like, you can't just reverse everything because here's yeah. her. You know, like, you yeah, can't just, yeah. like, wipe her from existence to make everything the way it was. Yeah, which yeah. is in, an interesting conflict there. And she is as that kind of storytelling necessity. Mm-hmm. I think she totally works. I so. mean, they. I don't know. It wasn't the movie. They were the story they're telling. But I feel like you could even do a lot more with that idea of like, how do you how do you reverse you know what's happened? But then there's this new life, like you know, like the tension there. Like, how are well, you going to choose? I, and I know I've seen that storyline like thousands yeah, of yeah. times. Where it's like we're in the alternate universe, and like I think there's a whole thing where like Havoc and the Wasp have a have a have a child, and they go back in time and they undo their mistake, and it's like now only the two of them remember this child they had. And it's like I'm sitting there and I'm watching this little girl, and I'm thinking, "Fuck, I don't want to see that story." Agents of Shield actually did that very well. Yeah, I was like, I was like, but here with this little girl, I don't want to see that, and it's it works out really well. I don't know why one of the Disney Plus shows isn't set in that five years. Like, I don't know that's kind of a prequel. Now, I it's I would totally be into the it. leftovers. Yeah, um, but like, where are we leftovers. at? Number five. Like, is that going to be Agents of Shield? Like, are they going to have something in the five years? I wonder. It's seemingly taking place after Endgame, so I guess we'll find out. Mm, okay, number five. Uh, Hulk. He's fun. Oh, yeah. He's uh, just a nice big cuddly hero, you know. He seemingly, I mean, I, I think it was Andrew who was a friend of the pod, Andrew, saying that like his like resolution to his arc happens off screen, like in the time jump, which yeah. granted, but at the same time, I don't know how exactly you would film that. It's like I spent 18 months in a lab, you know, um, yeah. but yeah, new, new softer Hulk is a very interesting amalgamation. Like I wasn't really into like Ruffalo and the, uh, the Hulkbuster suit. Like this was much yeah. better. I'll say this though, like there is at least a little bit if you want to pick it up set up in Infinity War. You know, like there is a little bit with of Hulk's reaction yeah. to getting the shit kicked out of him by Thanos and like, you know, like Ruffalo being like, Hulk, you and I gotta work some things out. Like, you know, like it I don't know. It's 
it, yes, you are really lacking something, but I think this this was fun and it's not totally out of left field. It was exciting. My audience and I had a good laugh about it. I really like Hulk as like I don't know celebrity. Yeah, celebrity <laughs> you know, superhero. Years. Yeah, he's my number five as well. Okay, uh, number four. I had Rocket. Rocket to me is like such a good character. It's like it's shocking how good they've made a talking raccoon. Um, some of that's probably due to Bradley Cooper. Some is just the writing. Um, it's like endless comedy with that guy. I just love the line from uh, Nat about getting emails from a raccoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's more, there's more pathos there. Well, he's, there is he's like, like a, he's a real asshole, but not all the time, you know? Yeah. yeah. He, he has this, like, he knows when to just, uh, you know, hold nebulous hand. And and not like just like make a snarky joke. Well, like there's in Infinity War. You compare the two stories. I feel like there's more drama with Rocket, and it works. It works better with him than even for for Quill, like having to kill the love of his life or lose her. You know, there's just that bit where Rocket in Infinity War is just like fuck. Time to go be the captain. And he has to go give like Thor a pep talk. Well, and the, stuff. the part where he's just like, I got a lot to lose, and then he loses it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, once you find out, like, what is it like the the I am Groot? There is uh-huh. just like, Dad, what's happening or whatever. Yeah. Well, um, what's funny too, like he, like he's part, he's kind of like an Avenger in this movie, right? Like he's, yeah, yeah. like he's like he's stuck around in that five years and is like, I'm going to be a superhero with you guys. Yeah, because he goes to New Asgard with them, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like practically like a team leader, you know. Like it'll be interesting yeah. to see how that works going forward because he didn't just pop back into existence. He had five years of like being an Avenger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Send an emails. Um, we're at four. Uh, year four. Yeah. Yeah. Black widow. Um, Black widow has been on a very interesting bit of character development through the course of this movie. Cause we first see her, in Avengers, right? No, we've no, seen, seen Iron, Man, Iron 2. Man Two. Yeah, Iron Man Two, and then like you really see her as as this iteration of Black Widow, though in Avengers with the whole tortured and this moron's giving me everything. Um, and then at the end of Winter Soldier, it's like she has to go public, whatever that means, and like just the her running this like international strike force uh, of like keeping in track of the world. I thought was a really interesting scene. Um. Yeah, I mean, ScarJo, she might be our, our top paid Asian actress of all time, but when she's in a role that works for her, she's she's got it. I love her. Yeah. I love her voice. Uh, number three. Do you have her album with Pete Yorn? I do. Okay. Number uh, Both of them. Number three, I have a, this is a tough top three here, but I went with Captain America. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, it's America's ass. He he got it all in this movie. He got his happy ending. And it seemed like they kind of they had to write both Tony and Cap out. One of them wasn't going to be happy. Um, you know, he gets the end dancing with Peggy. There, it's a nice moment. He had his date. Yeah. He had a date. My number three is my number three. My number one and two were, I don't know, kind of up in the air, arbitrary. My number three is Nebula. Um, I had kind of forgotten about where to put her. I knew she needed to be high. My number three slot was open. She just felt right. I think Nebula is so interesting. And I love anytime you can creatively force a character to 
have to interact with some version of themselves. And here yeah. the the whole thing where like like her and uh her both nebulas are sharing like uh hard drive space or like uh cloud space. Yeah, they're like entangled. And so just having young Nebula like have to watch her heroic actions and like kowtow like father I would never do this and just then go pretend to be this future version of herself that she doesn't quite understand or she can't consciously face that this is the person I want to be or the actions I want to take was really interesting and Karen Gillan is so understated in the role that she has too so I don't know I thought it was very cool and she's she's doing so fucking much while buried under so many prosthetics and paint and things and another great voice too. Yeah. And she's so like Karen Gillen, obviously she's like, you know, she's a supermodel, but it's like, also she's got that kind of just awkward supermodel physique too, where she's like she's tall, 95% legs. Um, and she's skinny. Like she's like very skinny. And I don't know. It just, it works really interesting for how physical her character is too. So five eleven. Yeah. All right. Uh, number two, Tony Stark. Same. He is Iron Man. Same season. Yeah. He he closed it off. I thought that he got his like super meaty, like dramatic moment uh, that you were talking about earlier. You know, like you weren't there and we lost. Liar. Uh, mm. He got he got to act. He got to kind of wrap up. You know, his father shit, and then he got to die. No. Yeah. I mean, there's there's it, it's fascinating how good these movies in this role has been to Robert Downey Jr. Like Robert Downey Jr. prior to getting cast as Iron Man, like he was still, I think in like, like coming out of the jokey phase yeah. of his career and like the drug addiction and the time of like the issues with the law and like, you know, the movies he's tried to do since this success are not working. Well, he hasn't really tried a whole lot. He's well, mostly just still. been Iron Man, but it's, it's hard to imagine anyone else in the role. Like, but like the Sherlock movies are, are, are bad. I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Judge. Did, did That's, not know. There's a weird He's incest. He's doing twist like Doctor Doolittle now. Yeah, there's a weird incest twist to that Judge movie. Um, and it's like all the things that he's really, really good at. He's been given by this role, but he also and, made it. Like it was like the perfect role for him. Like he was born yeah. to play this role. You know. Yeah, yeah. And there's something you know he's. The first Iron Man movie is is solid. It's not it's not you know great, but it's solid. Iron Man two, I rewatched most of that uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was shocked at like liking it a lot more now than I ever did before. That's another movie I can watch a lot. I, I feel like at the time, the conventional wisdom was all the Avenger setup stuff hurt the movie, mm. but now I feel like no, that's all fine. It's all fucking Mickey Rourke that hurts the movie. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> advice is, with the exception of one or two scenes, you just fast forward to the Mickey Rourke shit, uh -huh. and you're gonna find a really interesting movie there. But then, like, once he actually stepped into the whole Avengers world, they melded all that shit together. There is nothing quite like seeing Robert Downey Jr. in the middle of a, an ensemble, in uh -huh. the way he just he just spins everything around and blends and bounces things, like. You got great actors working together here, but like he really is the I don't know the chaotic uh, black hole at the begin at the middle of it that works so nicely. Bio digital jazz, man. Bio digital jazz, man. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my number two as well. So what's your number one? Well, obviously, I'm a huge fan. Black Widow, fuck the haters. Cool. My favorite Avenger. Went out oh, too cool. soon. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, mine is is 
Steve Rogers. Um, this is partially because he gets the last beat of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought that that was a very bold, exciting, interesting, bizarre, cool way to end the movie. Just this weird flashback kind of, uh-huh. of, of going to through the street into this window and he finally gets that dance of Peggy. And then they fuck. You know, they they fuck a lot. I think he's learned to fuck. Now, here's a guy he had to go back in time. And also, like I said, I love when characters confront themselves. Uh-huh. He not just confronts himself. He confronts himself in like maybe the most embarrassing outfit that he's ever worn. Yeah, it's a bad outfit. Movies. And he gets to appreciate his own ass. Um, so he's definitely taking that energy right into Peggy Carter. Um, Do you think he yeah, was a know. virgin up until that point? I think he, we've talked about this before. And I think yes. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some... Uh... Some ladies of the evening in the war in Europe. All right, that's a I lot mean, of that stuff went on. Here's the exciting thing, though. So he marries Peggy Carter. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They might have kids. They could. He's also made out of his, uh, you know, through marriage. Yeah, like, let's he, say it's like not a blood relative, and it's fine. He's he's made out of his like through marriage niece. Yeah. Or granddaughter, or whatever it is, they, they had to change it though because I don't think these they call sense. winning. Yeah, um, who is fucking Captain America though? Because it definitely wasn't uh, Sharon, right? I don't. I mean, I don't know. You had five years in there too, so who knows? Oh, you think like like? Well, I think at the end of Civil War, Sharon is like one of those like it's like you said of the 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 Bruce and Natasha thing. It's like we could have had something here, but we didn't. I mean, maybe they hooked up. I don't know. There could probably be some real depressing like uh, you up text between him and Sharon in that five years. Oh, uh, just like some just like like Jack and Kate after Ooh. they come back from the island. Ooh, yeah, but just picture this though: they go to dinner. He's wanting to believe it so bad. He makes that speech about you just got to find a way to be whole. Uh, they fuck. Afterwards, she's she falls asleep because she's just had sex with America's ass. And he's staring at the ceiling and he's just like, some people move on. Now, so yeah, I, I see it more. It's like he, he gives this whole speech. She's just like, you don't really believe that, do you? And he's like, no. And she's like, fine. Want to fuck? And he's like, sure. I think they made a huge mistake not bringing her into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, that was like a perfect setup for Asian 13. Oh, well. Emily Van Camp is, is very cool. And also, I mean, if, if you can't bring the shows to the movies, anything that makes sense to bring the movies to the shows, do it. Probably they brought uh, Sif that one time. Yeah, no Sif yeah. in this movie. Oh, well. Oh, because Jamie Alexander, I feel like, is persona non grata with uh, Marvel movies now. Why? I can't remember what it was. There like was say something... something or something. There was something I thought. Maybe it's just fucking Jane Doe. Jane Maybe she's Doe. just always filming Jane Doe. You mean a uh, blind spot? Oh, well, or, yeah. Her, her character's Blacklist name is Jane or, Doe. Sorry. Oh, her character's yeah, name Jane Doe. Okay. It's, I think it's blind spot. Yeah. Naked Tattoo Girl movie. Yeah. I think that's over now. Oh, really? I think it's 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 last season. I don't know. Okay. That's a bold show from like the five minutes I've seen here and there where they have like the gruff and tough. Australian leading man guy who's got like fucked up teeth. <laughs> like he's he's pure machismo until he smiles and you're like, oof. <laughs> yeah, never saw it. All right. Yeah, here, well, here, here, here. Uh, that was Endgame. Yeah. Would you recommend this movie? Fuck yeah. I mean, see it in the theater if you can. You really. It's an experience, you know. Don't don't hear anything about it. If anyone tries to spell anything for you, cut them out of your life. 
like going in this movie not knowing a goddamn thing was really fun. Yeah, I don't believe I was spoiled at all. I was pretty sure like Cap was going to die. Like I just thought that like that seemed inevitable, like based on all the press and all they're doing. Like I, I think they kind of tricked people a little there, you know, yeah. by like really focusing on that and not the Tony part. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I knew anything. I mean, just I walked in basically suspecting there'd be something of Jane Foster because of her, her being at the premiere. And yeah, I mean, it's it's a really good movie. I mean, it's a movie that I think we can go back in some period of time and and revisit and talk about because it's there's a lot there. There's a lot of interesting stuff. And yeah, it, it, whoever does this feat next, I hope we have some time and they do it right. Like to take a breather and just. Yeah, you can't just you can't just go back to it immediately. You gotta really work on it. But don't you know? Don't you, you have to earn it? I don't know if you need to do eleven years or ten years, but like you're not gonna get there at the Dark Universe. You're not gonna get there for uh, Justice League Two. You know, you're not gonna get there with you know Fantastic Beasts Four. Great things from small beginnings. Yeah. All right. Well, that was headcanon number fifty. We probably won't be back for another month or two. As we're doing our PLL podcast, um, let me check real quick to see if we have any reviews. I haven't checked these in a while. Um, by the way, as I'm checking for this, if you'd like to support the pod, uh, you can rate or review us on iTunes. Or in the next month or so, we're going to be publishing a book. It's a teen murder mystery. You may already be aware of this if you listen to our other podcasts, but if for some reason you only listen to this one, uh, check it out. It's called My Name is Trouble. You can go to mynameistrouble.com to see the uh, kind of synopsis, back cover synopsis of what the book's about. There's an excerpt of the first chapter. Um, yeah. We think uh, if you like the podcast, I think you'd like it if you're, you know, if you're on our wavelength. So mynameistrouble.com. No new reviews. All right. Yeah, I mean, you can go read an excerpt. Um Hopefully, in the next week or so, we'll have a cover to share with you. Fingers crossed. Yeah. um, It's going to be very cool. All right. Excellent. Well, until next time on Headcanon, have a good one. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.